0: The children of the night. What podcasts they make. That's right, vampire films on Attack of the Killer podcast.
1: Blah! <laughs> <laughs> wow. And
2: Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer
0: Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of attack of the killer podcast i'm your host insane mike and this show is going to suck why because it's about vampires oh, that's right we're going to be discussing vampire movies on the show this time around and how am i going to do that without this amazing podcast crew there's no way so let me introduce them first off <laughs> He was last seen on the boardwalk with no shirt, gre- all greased up with a saxophone singing Still Believe. John Stalter, everybody!
3: Oh, I'm sorry, were you talking?
0: Hi, everybody! <laughs> He's auditioning for a part in the new vampire baseball film, Field of Screams. He says it's a part he can really sink his teeth into. Brian Clark.
4: <laughs> I never drink wine because it's fucking gross. I like whiskey. Good evening, everyone. <laughs>
0: She's a vampire whose favorite people to bite Are hillbillies from the south Because they are rednecks Terry Turfers
2: (laughs) What? Oh my gosh Gross
0: And lastly (laughs) He thinks these vampire jokes are a real pain in the neck Jason Bollinger Uh... (laughs) Hi everybody
5: How's everybody doing? Good Good Good, good. Been a long time. Yeah, we should speed through this episode. Sure. <laughs> Let's get going. Okay.
0: All right. I get it. I get it. Well, my first question for everybody is, um, just to start off straight up. What is your all-time favorite vampire movie? Got to pick one.
3: No oh, shit, dude.
5: Yeah, <laughs> Terry. You have to pick one. If you need a moment That's to think. That's easier
2: than ranking.
5: Oh. Oh, All then, you go
2: first. <laughs> I'm... Why do I always go first? That isn't—it's sexist. You're being sexist.
0: Ladies first. He's yeah, ladies first. He's just
2: <sighs> what evs? Well, I'm just gonna go ahead and say Fright Night because I fucking love Fright Night. Thanks. For nice. My Done. Nice. Boom.
0: The the new one or the original?
2: The original.
0: Okay. Oh, Got to be sure. Got to clarify. <laughs> What is it about Fright Night that you enjoy so much?
2: I don't know. The whole thing?
0: Does Jerry Dandridge (laughs) do it for you?
2: uh, Young Chris Sarandon (laughs) is pretty hot. I'm not going to lie. And his sweet 80s sweaters in that movie (laughs) could Mm -hmm. be that. Well, and Roddy McDowell is just so amazing in that movie. Like, how can you not love it?
0: Yeah, that's that's top form Roddy McDowell right there. That is Mm -hmm. the that and *Planet of the Apes*, that's 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 his legacy. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Well, my question then is: is so Jerry Dandridge has his assistant guy, and I still to this day I love the movie too. I've seen it a thousand times. I still don't know what the hell he is.
2: Well, and I think we well we've Bug talked you. about this. <sighs> yeah. Like he's, he's made kind of, of bugs. Of, yeah. And it's the guardian. Yeah. He's the guardian, like. Similar to what you see in uh He's like Renfield. uh, Salem's lot or but yeah, the whole him melting thing doesn't really I don't know. But it's it's still awesome. So fuck it. Who cares? Let's
5: let's ask Fred Decker in September what the fuck.
3: You mean Tom Holland?
5: (laughs) Holland. Or Tom Holland. Yeah.
3: But the the guy that plays his assistant is like one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet at a convention.
0: Trying to think of what else he's Other
3: than the fact that he created the fucking show according to Jim. Or he Uh. was like the executive
0: producer. Oh no kidding. I didn't
3: know that until after I met him. I'm like, what else has this guy done? I'm like, oh Jesus Christ. Like, well, at least he's successful.
0: Well, I know he's done more acting though. I know I've seen him in other stuff. I just can't think of it. I think he's mostly
3: done, you know, producing and whatnot, but he really like was the coolest guy, took took the time to talk to Katie and I for like a long time. Like just really great guy. Cool. Like actually gave a shit about the fans.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Very awesome.
2: And I, one other thing about Friday Night, I always love how um, he's always eating fruit. Like I always thought that was hilarious. Like he was like a bat, like a fruit bat
1: or something. Yeah, <laughs> it always makes
2: me giggle. Of- just little touches. I just love. I love that movie so much. Yeah, why is
0: he eating fruit? That's a that's a good point. He's
2: a fruit bat. Yeah, yeah, that's what I I thought it was supposed to be like bat like.
0: I never really thought never so much put about it together. The, other yeah. than it was
5: a neat little thing.
0: I, it was always just a device for the apple to hit the ground and roll towards um, yeah. Brewster, hiding <laughs> in the bushes. <clears throat> You're so cool, Brewster. There it is. I knew it happened. <laughs> yeah, that happens sooner or later. So should we talk about <laughs> Evil Ed's porn career after? Uh, 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 let's, what? Uh,
5: Any chance to bring it up, you take it. He was,
3: for as awesome as uh, the one dude was to meet in person, uh, what is is the little dude's name in real life, Jeff?
0: Jeffrey... I can't think of his real name
3: now. He was awkward in person. And, of course, all I (laughs) could think was gay porn.
5: (laughs) So it was you that was uncomfortable.
3: Maybe he was... No, he definitely, he, I think he was uncomfortable around people, like... Not necessarily because of his past, just I think he's not used to being around so many people.
0: I kind of, you just see that in all of his non-gay film performances.
3: And some Um, gay ones, you know.
0: Probably. I haven't seen any. Had cake
3: fist. Still a good movie. (laughs) Still a good movie.
5: Part two might have even been better.
3: (laughs) Fist Harder? Stephen right. Jeffries. Damn, Damn it, it.
4: That took way close. too long. Yeah.
3: we were sort of close to the name. We're fans of the but movie, I... and we don't even know his name. Sorry, dude, <laughs> if you're ever listening.
0: Um, but well, I because I remember him from the teen '80s comedy um, Fraternity Vacation, which is like one of Tim Robbins' first movies. Um, and he's just the same in that as he is in Fright Night, as he is in Nine Seven Six Evil. So, you get a feeling that that's him. Mm-hmm. And he probably is extremely socially awkward. Yeah. He just, which,
3: but nice guy. Don't get me wrong. Just wasn't out as outgoing as you know William Ragsdale or uh, other people. Sure.
0: Sure. Herman's head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I know we talked about *Fright Night* a, a bit on the show. Sometimes. Um, so I don't know what else to say about it other than It's, it's nice awesome. to learn about why Terry likes it so much. I tried. She didn't give him shit. She's just like it's all. Awesome. I, I want to know one. It is
2: all awesome. <laughs> I want
3: one weird, weird thing about that movie. It's not so weird, but uh, when they're panning through his room, he's got uh, a coffee cup. Iowa Iowa, yeah. Hawkeyes, yeah. There's got to be some like somebody who is involved with <laughs> in this movie
0: is like. Yeah, we got to put this in here because that's my. I think
2: we've talked about that before. Like, I, I want to know if it was filmed or.
0: I well, see that's the that's the mistake I made, and because I think of that i that Iowa coffee mug or whatever it was. Um, I somehow I always had it in my head that the movie was was shot in Iowa, and we back in Jason and I's uh, YouTube show um, movie reviews from oh, yeah. the Asylum, shameless plug. I forgot about that. Um, uh, we had, I had mentioned that, that it was filmed in Iowa and I was quickly corrected that it was not filmed by in Iowa. everyone. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. So I don't know. It, well, like somebody, somebody who worked on the set or something was a fan of Iowa. We're have to ask,
3: uh, Tom Holland.
0: <laughs> I don't even think the movie's supposed to, I don't even think the movie takes place in Iowa. I yeah. just always
3: assumed it was a Midwestern town. Like, yeah, probably for some reason it. I always assume, like, movies like that just take place in Illinois. <laughs> yeah. Like, with the club scene, I'm like, it's clearly not, like, New York or L.A., but, you know, uh, I could see Chicago.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I could see it being, like, a Chicago suburban area, yeah.
2: Wait. I may hmm. have discovered it. There is a Fright Night wiki. a wiki, wiki Believe it or not. And it says <laughs> That's
5: So you're that, supposed to do. That
2: Char- Charlie Brewster was raised by his single working mother Judy in Rancho Corva- Corvallis Iowa.
0: What? So it takes so it does take place in Iowa.
2: What? How did I yeah. not figure this out? This
0: now just
3: became my favorite movie ever. But sort of. I mean that's
2: But I
0: think sense. even after I shot after we shot that episode of movie reviews, I went back and watched it and saw in the credits, you know, the filming location, and was like, "Okay, I was wrong." But uh, but I I could have sworn I also were paying was paying attention to things like license plates and shit like that. Oh. So it's like they um, obviously didn't pay close enough attention to detail, um, other than the, <laughs> the Iowa Hawkeye we, glass. I, I just,
2: have well, I, I have know, to rewatch something. it now and just pay attention. I guess. Weird.
0: What um, what's the name of that town again?
2: Rancho Corvallis. Clearly not a real episode. It's probably know. fake. Is Would be my guess.
5: But it takes place
3: in Iowa. That's, that's cool. If that's yeah. true, then fuck
2: That's according ass. to that w- wiki page.
3: I'm I'm telling Fright you, you,
2: Night we, wiki. I'm telling, we're just going <laughs> to so, ask everybody involved with
3: this movie uh, in September. Yeah. It and, looks like when I yeah. search
2: for that town, it's only bringing up Fright Night results. <laughs> <so> <laughs> it's definitely made up.
0: Yep. uh nice well obviously um, whoever wrote the script and decided it was to take place in Iowa did no research whatsoever on Iowa because what small Iowa town has a television station with a retired with a retired horror movie actor doing late night horror hosting shows on it
3: or a club like that that's. <laughs>
0: Or that club but, exactly? Do
3: they consider small town like Iowa City or something? I mean, Jesus Christ! I know it's not L.A., but yeah. But some people think it's that possible. way. Oh, that's so small! It's only sixty thousand. people. possible. It's in supposed the 80s. to be
2: like a suburb town, is what it's saying. So
3: suburb
0: of Des Moines.
2: It doesn't say it just Desmond? general suburb.
0: It'd have to be either suburb of Des Moines or Iowa City, or maybe Cedar Rapids. Cedar Rapids. Yeah. Anyway. All right. <laughs> And it also wasn't until like a couple years ago that I realized that the kick ass theme song was the Jake Giles, Giles Band. Yeah. How's that go? Freak No, night, night.
3: Wait, that's seriously Jay Giles Band? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you didn't I'm know that?
0: Blown. Nice. <laughs> I seriously <laughs> I don't know why so I didn't know that. <laughs> but now that you know, it makes sense, right? That totally is Jake Giles Yeah. There. <clears> Man, I just. Another reason to love Jay Giles Band. The only reason. Hey now, my blood runs cold. <laughs> <laughs> Which <is> the vampire <laughs> show? Exactly. Dorks. See. Oh my god.
3: Dorks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so um, so Jason, what is your all time favorite? All time
5: favorite is a three way tie. What? <laughs> what? Oh,
0: three ways.
5: Just kidding. Uh. I wanted. Pick Rockula,
0: sure. Obvious. <laughs> I, I thought maybe that would come up. I was hoping it would.
5: Obviously want to pick that one. But it's not. It's not that good. Still Dean Cameron. Hell,
0: yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah. It is, isn't it?
0: I still, I mean, I didn't ever see that movie before until <laughs> we did that episode. I don't even remember what the episode was about. Was that music? Music. Last or... Music? or? comedy who i don't remember but rockula was one that i watched for that episode uh-huh. and i i really loved it i liked I mean, it it's so 80s but it's good i love the device of yeah his other self in the mirror yeah talking to him through the movie i thought that was pretty genius a weird fourth wall thing yeah sort of sort of device
5: <laughs> so yeah obviously want to pick rockula but no <laughs> I wanted to pick Last Man on Earth. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. yeah. Technically, in Last Man on Earth, Isn't... they are referred to as vampires, that's and all true. the all the devices he uses to fight the vampires are all the vampire fighting tools, like yeah. stakes through the heart. Like... He keeps the fresh garlic on his front door. That's what keeps the vampires out of his house.
2: Yeah, and the I Am Legend story that that's based on, they are vampires for sure.
0: It's probably my favorite VP film, I think. It's it's yeah, it's definitely one of mine. It's a toss up. It's I kind of go back him, and forth though, between CZ, that. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that whole movie is just Vincent Price pretty much. So, yeah, it is really good. Just like Collapse is all Mulkey, same thing, right? Same. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, same character.
5: But uh Joe's going to roll over in his grave on oh, wait, he's not dead. Um but he's going to be <laughs> mad at me. But I think my favorite vampire film, I'm going to say, is Let Me In. Ooh. Oh. I, wonder if that
0: I would get brought up. fucking snap. love that movie. Now, wait. I, I keep getting confused. Is that the American one? It's yes. easy for me I
5: not get confused because I still haven't seen Let the Right One In. What? Oh, well, that's right. Still. Still. And I'm, it's just to make Joe mad, I think.
0: <laughs>
5: but well, you should. Because well, it's
2: really good. Uh, oh, that's yeah. what I hear,
5: but I've already seen Let Me In so And it's not the same be movie right,
0: so. um,
3: <laughs> Same movie, but better Well,
0: know, be, to be honest and Why I keep getting confused <laughs> is I still I'm haven't kidding. seen either of them so. Well, there
3: you go
2: What?
0: <sighs> I know Let Me In, dude You give
2: us just, homework for uh, these episodes You should have watched that shit for this episode I
0: did some homework for this episode <laughs> And we'll get to that eventually <laughs> so I, We better damn well get to it <laughs> Anyway I yes. didn't watch that movie for fucking nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll bring up later. Okay, cool. Well what is it about uh let me in? Well, it's a few Tickle. things.
5: She hasn't she's
0: I know, she's got a name. Like but every
5: movie it, so we talk about tonight, you call them by not their names anyway. Characters from other uh, movies. Right. <laughs> uh I really I I love how slow it is. I love, it's very, uh, the cinematography is outstanding, I love the score, but most of all, I just love those two kids, I think yeah. they're both amazing in the way they are together, and ah, oh, man, I love it.
2: Yeah, it's a really good story, for sure, and and I like Let the Right One In as well, that one is is really well done also, it's just, it's startling, like... How shot for shot it is. I mean, really. Mm-hmm. But it's still really beautifully done, for sure. I like it. So,
0: cool beans. Yep. Okay, John. What about you?
3: Oh Christ. Uh,
0: well, I, Jesus Christ, vampire hunter. <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> oh man. Uh, no. Well, Terry uh, took my number one. Yes. Suck it. But. All right, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this because uh, somebody's acting ability in this movie sucks horribly. I really, really like Dracula, the uh, version directed by Francis Ford Coppola.
0: Oh, Bram Stoker's yeah.
3: Dracula. Yeah, I. Oh, I like. Grant,
0: who are we going to make fun of you for? Keanu Reeves. Reeves.
3: His, uh, he's horrible. <laughs> but
0: yeah. but the thing is, he get. I don't care. I, I don't care what Keanu Reeves does. And if he's shitty in a movie, and I understand he's not good in that movie, and it's all because the man cannot do accents, and that's fine, but he's always going to get a hall pass because he's Keanu Reeves. Yeah, So,
3: but that movie, just the way it's shot, the way they did the special effects, like mm-hmm. they tried to go for that old school, you know, only mm-hmm. in-camera type stuff, it's just so beautifully shot.
0: And, Fucking Gary and, Oldman, man. And, uh, yeah, and Gary <laughs> Oldman is so good that he kind of balances out how Anything bad he is. Anything
2: else. Yeah, well, it, it. And honestly,
3: uh, Gary Oldman is one of the only actors in the universe ever <laughs> to really truly be able to blend into a character. Like, there are so many actors that I really yeah. like. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, he, it's really great, but I can still tell that's, you know, so-and-so. But once Gary Oldman becomes an you know, a character, it's it's that character. Yeah. It's the Dude. he is in the Batman movies. He's that way in uh the fifth element, which is one of my favorite uh performances from him because he's just so great as you know, the essentially a southern rich bastard. Zorg.
2: He,
3: yeah, he just he is the character. He's he is pretty much the best living actor as far as I'm concerned.
0: Sid Vicious? Man. Just yeah, everything. S- like he was Sid serious? Vicious. He was Sid Vicious. It's if you were creepy. to take if you were to take a scene of him in, in Sid and Nancy, put it up against like Stoker's Dracula, and put it up put that up against Commissioner Gordon, it's not the same man. It's, it is not. It, and he really is the only
3: actor that can do that. I know a lot of people are like, oh well, so and so's a great actor. A lot like for some reason people like Tom Cruise. The problem with Tom Cruise, every single movie he's ever been in All I see is Tom Cruise. He never loses himself in the role. It might not be bad because I actually, you know, honestly, I really like Minority Report. Thought that was a, you know, a pretty good movie. But I still see Tom Cruise. But when Gary Oldman is on screen, it's he—he's not there anymore. Especially, um, what's the? Oh, I'm blanking on the movie. True Romance. Yes, I was going to bring that up. Price, like. He is on, And that's a small on, part. Yeah, and he, but he's on another level. He never half-asses anything. He doesn't no. he doesn't know that's how sure. how to half-ass a, a movie role. When he's in a movie, he is that character. Gary Oldman no longer exists. Like it's it's simply amazing watching him on screen. Nobody else in my eyes has ever been able to pull that off. I don't yeah. think anybody else ever will. I I really think he is one of the, is the greatest living actor or greatest actor of all time.
0: I I agree with you hundred and ten percent, and I don't mean to throw him under the bus, but I do. Have you <sighs> ever seen comes. the movie Tiptoes? No. You need to find this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Ol- Gary Oldman Gary Oldman plays a little person. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Go see this movie.
5: So does a lot of people. In
0: so do the little people. In in a movie with casted real. with all little people. Oh my, oh my god, god, that sounds ridiculous. So that sounds so including offensive. including <laughs> Peter Dinklage. So Peter <laughs> Dinklage had to perform in scenes with Gary Oldman <laughs> on his knees fuck? pretending to be a little person. Oh, how degrading is that? That's so
2: degrading. But you know what? He and,
0: pulled it off and I he, mean he, and here's the best he part. He was a better short person than Peter Dinklage. <laughs> That's how <good> he is. <laughs> and here's the best part. In his movie, his twin brother, Matthew McConaughey.
2: <laughs> what?
0: Matthew McConaughey still plays a full-grown person.
2: Well, yeah, that could be,
0: just happens. Yeah. But there's still, like, what, a 20-year age difference between the two yeah. actors?
3: <laughs> or more. I mean, what? Gary Oldman's up there.
0: What? So When did this come out? Hiptoes, John. Oh, Jesus, I forget. Just it's just so... A, it's been
2: I mean, on one a hand, three. get work with Gary Oldman, but on the other hand...
3: Oh my god, I think I remember seeing like footage of this. Yeah, he is not convincing as a little person.
0: No, it's it's just mind-boggling cuz it's good. It's got a great cast. Yeah, it really does. People it's got an amazing cast himself, and yet a like it's played 100% straight so you just question it's like the room level of Mystery. Like, I have see
3: this? It's Got Michael J. Anderson, the little guy from uh, Twin Peaks. So clearly, yep, yep. Uh, clear, plays, plays
0: their father. father. What the fuck plays the yeah. father? Plays the father I of think. Matthew McConaughey and Gary Oldman. I, I can't believe this exists. <laughs> he can't wrap it around.
3: <laughs> All right, then. This sounds ridiculous, and the the cover of it makes it look like a romantic comedy set in Ireland or something
2: like. Is that Patricia Arquette too? Yeah.
3: <laughs> Yep. Kate Beckinsale?
5: Like, this is just... Yep.
3: What the fuck? <laughs> what
5: the fuck? Doesn't, doesn't derail much
0: worse than this, really. <laughs> anyway.
3: 20 more minutes anytime going, I can, what the fuck? But anyway. back. Then.
0: Anytime I can bring up Tiptoes, man. And the, the, the title alone, come on, it's called Tiptoes.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm so buying a copy of that. But yeah, <sighs> wait, Dracula, uh... <laughs> since we derailed there but yeah that movie is just so visually amazing um, I know it gets a hard time for, for Keanu Reeves but he he does fine he just sucks at the accent fine.
0: and he just not not do accents and that doesn't make him any less of a person or an actor yeah. and I, just quit taking roles where you have to do accents I have
3: to give a shout out to my girlfriend Monica Bellucci <laughs> her breasts look fantastic in that movie and there, we're done.
4: I don't think Keanu's the problem with that movie. I think there are Shh. two problems with it. What? Okay. <laughs> One, that it they should not have made such claims about its close ties to the novel, that we're making the most faithful adaptation. We're even going to call it Bram Stoker's Dracula. It has not much to do with the book. <laughs> yeah. And the Touch ending pisses mouth. me off to no end. I oh, I agree with you. I like the movie, and it it's... Visually fantastic. The effects are really cool. It is shot very well. But the fact that it ends with Dracula crying in a church, apologizing to God for his sinful ways, makes me want to put my fist through the TV every time yeah, I it. Yeah,
3: that's true. <laughs> I could see that.
4: Still a good movie.
0: I mean, we can all agree it's no Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, right?
4: Hey, at least that had John Cleese in it.
0: True, uh, I was waiting for an explosion there, but all right, we saw what you were doing. Wow, oh, I okay. decided not to give you. What I, wanted. Was, I wanted to A ignore you.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, De Niro is the monster. How much
2: I... I still haven't seen that. I know we talked about <sighs> it recently, but
0: you're fine. Yeah,
2: it's do. not
3: Kenneth Branagh Yeah,
0: I thought it was fine. Though. His
4: Shakespeare adaptations are fucking awesome. And mm-hmm. he should that stick to that. To <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs>
2: it's the vampires. Yeah, so back
3: to what we're... We're already behind. Let's deep and oh, talk about Kenneth Branagh yep. doing Shakespeare.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Brian, your favorite. Depending on the day,
4: it's either Near Dark or Cronos. Oh! Nice.
3: Yes. Chronos. Yeah,
4: I mean, fucking Lance Henriksen is so ungodly badass...
0: Near oh, yeah! Is God damn it, that movie's
4: awesome! And he and yeah. in an interview at the projection booth. He was talking about all this backstory he gave to his character too. That he was, he was on a ship in the in the Civil War, and it, it went down, yeah. and he took the flag and sewed it into the inside of his coat. So if if you're looking closely in scenes in that movie where he flips his duster jacket open, the inside is a Confederate flag, and he had it made that way because in his head that was the flag flown from the mast of the ship that he served on it's just the level of what? depth that he gives to his characterizations is unfucking real that is and he's amazing. one of my favorite actors of all time
0: and he purposely lost a lot of weight so he has those so his cheekbones would protrude out more yeah.
4: and then Kronos is it's a fucking Guillermo del Toro movie that dude can do no wrong
3: yeah that uh, the whole idea of that movie, how it, the the mechanism and everything, beautiful, different. I mean, I've never mm-hmm. seen anything else like or anything else like it.
0: For sure. And Ron Perlman. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> That's right. So my favorite, um, I could probably guess just because I'm one track mine, but mine is George Romero's oh. Martin. Yeah. Ugh.
3: I don't know. I've never actually seen it. I just want to give you shit.
0: You've never seen no, it? No, I've
3: never. I, I know, I know, I know. Oh my god! Does he know? Am I off? The, am I off the uh, show now? Because I've
0: never. Seen no, <laughs> no. I will much find a much worse punishment for you. Oh, fuck. You got to stay and listen to the...
5: George Romero every five seconds. I'm, that's I'm, right. I...
0: Oh, I, well, you know, and besides the fact that it's George Romero, and it's also from the era of my favorite style of George Romero. Um I just think it's it's a really cool i mean he he was it was obviously he was trying to do to the vampires what he did to zombies, like kind of but it's a straight cool take on it, but it is a great cool different take on it, you know is he really a vampire or is he just crazy? you don't know, you don't know and that's what I love about it um so good it's such a great story uh definitely comes way more off as more of a drama than horror. You know, but there's some really, there's some, there's a, a couple of good intense scenes, especially that first scene, on the train before you know anything of what's going on, and he just shows up there with the razor blade, and that woman's going to sleep, and he shows up in her room with the razor blade and the syringe, intense and creepy, yes. So that's mine, smart. <laughs> yeah. Cool. For shizzle. Um. My next question, but I have a feeling I already know the answer. So I think the, the year was 1987 when Near Dark came out. And it got it got ignored thanks to another vampire, uh, another hip vampire movie, The Lost Boys. Ugh. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was going to do a roundtable of like, which do you like better, Lost Boys or Near Dark? But it kind of seems silly <laughs> now, but...
4: I do Trevor like Bruce Lost Hayes, Boys. It's a fun movie, but yeah, yeah. if, if it, it's a fun movie versus a brilliant movie, so I mean, there's no comparison. Yes. I there. I question
3: our friendship now, Brian.
0: You don't like Lost Boys <laughs> oh, at I all. I fucking
3: despise Lost Boys. Oh, and really? you're the one that had what? the
0: Lost Boys reference in your intro.
3: I fucking hate that movie.
2: That's what he gets <laughs> for not watching Martin, right? Yeah. yeah that's
3: right. <laughs> no, I seriously fucking that. Why, that's the why way to get my it? reference because I'm like, oh, I just. And don't get me wrong, I yeah. like Kiefer Sutherland, but for some reason in that movie, I just fucking can't stand him. There, I like. just, I can't stand that movie. I don't know if it's because, like, I know I saw it when I was younger, and I didn't mind it then, but I don't know if it's because in the late 90s, early 2000s, like, all these douchebag wannabe goth people <laughs> would not shut the fuck up about that movie. <laughs> I don't know if that's what ruined it for me. It's like how uh, all those same douchebags ruined the Matrix for me. Hmm. Like, going mm. to Hot Topic, it's nothing but Matrix and fucking Lost Boy's shit.
4: I think the Wachowski brothers ruined the Matrix for you. Hey. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 he's fr-
3: Actually, they're not brothers anymore. They're sisters. Right, but anyway, brother. that's a whole What's other it?
4: conversation. Oh, well, whatever. I don't care. Those movies fucking suck.
3: The first oh. one's a decent movie, everything after that's garbage. But I just. The first yeah, one
4: they stole from William Gibson's novel, Neuromancer.
3: Calm down. <laughs>
4: Sorry, I get bitter about these things.
3: <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just Lost Boys has never been able to do it for me. I just think there's so many better movies from the 80, vampire movies from the eighties, especially Near Dark.
0: Near Dark is well. Is anybody? On the flip side, want to say a lot, they like Lost Boys better than Near Dark? It's okay. We're all friends here. I'm well, not saying it now.
2: <laughs> well, I've never even seen Near Dark, so I don't really have a choice in the matter of choosing Uh-oh. the Lost Boys.
0: <sighs> now I know what I'm making you watch next,
3: Here, <laughs> Actually, I think you'll like This it. isn't one of his tricks, Terry. This... No, like,
2: oh. I wa- it was one I looked for and I couldn't find to watch for this episode, so...
4: It's out on Blu-ray was... now, but they they redid the they they the cover, and so instead of like a neat movie poster, yeah. like painted kind of yeah. the whatever it looked, they they redid it to make it look like the Twilight movies okay. to trick yeah, the hearts uh, Twi- uh, into. But can you fucking imagine uh, some <laughs> stupid little teenage girl going to Target or whatever and seeing that, and going,
2: "Ooh, another vampire
4: movie. It looks romantic," and then getting their fucking mind <laughs> oh, blown by that shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, when he slices open the bartender's neck with the spear on his boot. Yep. God, that would be awesome. I want to – that would be just great. Um, one of the things I always loved about Near Dark is I, I always thought that was genius to do a full blood transfusion. Like, I would never seen that in a vampire movie before. Like, let's do a full blood transfusion to cure them of their vampirism. yeah. I mean, yeah, a cool little far fetched because he's just a he's just a vet, or is a veterinarian. He's a horse doctor, and on this farm, and you know, how is he going to do a full human blood transfusion? But well,
4: and the other argument against that too is, wouldn't the blood just become infected as it entered his body? So yeah, so that, there's that. that that's that's the, the only too, really man. sticking point. That's why it was. If and that's why Lost Boys is better
5: because <laughs> 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 garlic,
0: <laughs> garlic still hurts them.
5: <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> you just made it real. I funny. love Lost Boys. It's such a fucking great movie and part of just the yeah and that of eighties nineties. I mean, and it opens with you know
0: the people are strange and forever changed. That song,
2: yeah, so.
0: did. And I'm sorry. I I can I can only. Listen to the Echo Echo and the Bunnyman version. I cannot listen to the, the Doors Doors version. Seems too slow for me now. Yeah,
3: the it is. Bunnyman yeah. rule.
0: And it also proved that
5: everything's better with a sax solo. Yeah, <laughs>
4: from
0: a, <laughs> <When> a giant <laughs> buff shirtless <laughs> guy <laughs> who does conventions now. This show oh, I mean,
2: and the Frog that... Brothers were so much fun. Like, I don't know.
4: I love it's the cranky level. old grandpa because. Oh, yeah. Big surprise, I love movie. cranky old guy characters in movies.
3: <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and they love you.
0: The only thing I take task in that movie is the comic book store. I don't feel they did their research properly on comic book stores and comic book fans. They're not um, bag and boarded. Because they're not bag and boarded. Um, their organizational system made no sense. They were not... They were not putting, you know, that scene where he's like, you wouldn't put action comics, blah, blah, next to this one. I'm like, well, if it's numerically, yes, you would. (laughs) It has nothing to do with what's going on in the comic. That's not how you alphabetize a, uh, that's not how you organize your comics. And then, also, they they say a character's, a comic book character's name wrong in the movie. So, we can move on. (laughs) Yeah. But I, yeah, I'm with you though. I love the Frog Brothers. Anybody see the uh, any either of the sequels? No, no.
2: Yeah, I saw one of them. I can't even remember which one it was, but it was not good.
0: The second one is total poop because it is a complete Twilight cash in. It, it that's totally what they're going for. But I like the third one because it's solely focused on on the Frog Brothers. That's so, not the one I saw then. <laughs> so it's a complete Corey feldman vehicle and i don't care how disastrous it is give me Corey feldman and the more the more disastrous the movie is the better i'll probably like it just give me cory feldman <laughs> he need up, well and
3: he needs the money so
0: yeah he wasn't that good in it like he couldn't even play his own part he's really farewell. not that good No, no, he never has been, but I love me some Feldman. He's
3: fun. I saw him for like half a second in person once.
0: We saw him in concert, Jason and I did. Did you really? His band, yeah. Oh my god. In Columbia, Missouri. He was what, like an hour and a half late? Mm -hmm. And there was ten of you. Maybe. Yeah. There was fifteen. And the (laughs) only thing I remember is he had a line in one of his songs about... Drinking someone's pee what? Yeah, what I remember. Yeah.
3: Wow, classy. Uh... You just uh... But it was
0: he was still in his Michael Jackson phase, oh, that's for man. sure. Doing the moves on stage. It was Jesus glorious.
3: Christ, that's a train wreck right there.
0: Ah, I love me some train wrecks. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> ah,
3: who am I kidding I would have gone to. <laughs>
5: a super amazing thing happened to me last summer that really made me like Lost Boys ten times more. I was I was on tour with my band, and we were out on the West Coast. Oh, that's right. And we were totally just, it was getting late, and we were traveling hours and hours to the city, and we decided to backtrack a little bit because that was the only place we could find a hotel. And we so we just went this completely off-the-beaten route that was not the best route to our next city, or going to Seattle, I think, from California and it, and we just ended up in this town um, Santa
2: Clarita no Sa-
5: well Santa Clara I think is in the movie yeah. or, or Santa Carla whichever Santa, one
0: yeah Santa Carla is the one in the movie yeah. so
5: we ended up in Santa I can't remember now anyway huh? we, we stopped this shitty little hotel and I was just accidentally friendly with the lady we had a little time on our hands and we thought, and Nalani just wanted to go for a walk. The, all these things never happen ever. We just, you know, and like, so I'm chatting up the lady, and she's like, well, there's the boardwalk stuff going on. It's open 24 hours. And well, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll see if she wants to do that. And she gave me a little map, and, and she was for it. And we go down there, and I'm walking up, and I'm just like, there's no fucking way. There is no fucking way. And we get there, and it is the boardwalk, the pier from the movie, with all the rides, and it is fucking time-capsuled completely, minus naked shirtless muscle. No, he wasn't there. (laughs) But seriously, and then, yeah, uh, it was incredible, just the, like, and we both knew it. No, the same stores weren't there. Damn
0: it, the comic store wasn't there? No,
5: but a lot I mean, it was very... Still the same, That's same awesome. some of the same rides and er- everything, and came home, watched the movie and, it, and like there's a lot of fucking movie takes place there. So just it was so nostalgic and then reverse nostalgic on the tour and getting to be there accidentally is such a whim. And anyway, so I, the movie's even more awesome to me that I accidentally stumbled across the movie set.
0: <laughs> awesome. Terrible story. Well, see, I had my phases with Lost Boys. I've always loved the movie, and, and I've I've had my film snobbery try to take over from time to time and want to hate it because, like, <laughs> back when the movie came out, it's all anybody ever fuck talked about. Lost Boys, Lost Boys, Lost Boys. So I was, I was, I tried to hate the movie the same way John you hate The Walking Dead because it's all these normies that love the that love a movie from my world. But they don't really still. They don't
5: deserve to like
0: it. <laughs> well, it's just like this is not a true representation of my world. This Lost Boys movie, and then but and then I saw the movie and I watched it like a thousand times. So yeah, I couldn't fight it. And then in later years, after such um, film fiascos as Batman and Robin, I wanted to hate the movie again because it's directed by Joel Schumacher. But damn it, it's still a good movie, and I can't. As much as I try to hate it, I can't hate it. <laughs> It's a damn
4: shame. He has got a little <laughs> bit of something going on. He also made eight millimeter. That was really good.
0: Yeah, and what was it? Um, phone booth. Did he do that one?
4: Um, did he direct that? I know it was written by Larry Cohen.
0: Larry Cohen did, directed did or direct written it. it yeah.
4: But did Cohen direct it too, or is that Schumacher directing? If it's the
0: same one, I'm thinking of. No, I don't. I know he. I know Cohen didn't direct it. I'm pretty sure that was Schumacher. Okay. And I like that one, but. And falling down was it falling down, Schumacher. Yes. Yeah, and I love that movie Great too. Great fucking movie. Yeah. But you make a movie like Batman and Robin, and that just ruins yeah. all of your all of your credentials. That's a classic. Yeah. No. No, it's not. <laughs> no, but The Lost Boys is is awesome. It's fun. Um, I, know, I love me the two Corries. Always big two Corries fan. Um, love Kiefer. Two quarries, one Mike. Alex Winter. Yes, you got some Alex Winter in there. Yes. Yes, but No goddamn lines, but hey, no. he's there. <clears> There's <throat> me some some Bill. Bill Ted. Um <laughs> Yeah. So Yeah, I, just, I, I really like it a lot. Now I still think I I still think Near Dark is is the better movie, but they're different movies, so Right, there's just that you know, there's just that again, that film horror film snob fan in me that also wants to hate Lost Boys for overshadowing Near Dark. So that movie just got buried on you know video thanks to Lost Boys?
4: I wonder. I don't know much about the marketing for it and stuff, but it was like you said, it came out in '87, and the reason it's cast the way it is is they wanted to use um, Lance Henriksen, Bill Paxton, and I forget her name, who plays Vasquez in Aliens, because oh. they had just uh-huh. come off the shoot of Aliens, and were yeah. still that like tight family group, and they wanted that vibe for the vampire clan.
0: Well, now, was James Cameron and Catherine Bigelow married at the time, too? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: So, so. you think they would have played, like, you know, featuring the stars of Aliens, or, you know, kind of tried to tie oh. them in, because obviously Aliens made a shit pile of money, so...
0: Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And I like the little kid in it too, the kid vampire that's the oldest of all of them. But I can never remember that actor's name, and I think we've talked about him before in the past. He's also in another movie I really like, another Keanu Reeves movie, The River's Edge. Plays the little brother in that. And also the, plays the little brother in Teen Witch, so <laughs> that kid's got some classic cinema all in his always, belt.
3: always the little brother.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um I also really like the moments too where uh Lance Hendrickson and the vampire group are getting exposed to the sunlight, you know, and they they're you know, covering up with blankets and like when they're when the shootout happens at the at the hotel. It's just a fucking amazing scene. And the one kid throws the blanket on his head and runs out to try to get the van and
4: And that's like that the moment so when they finally accept him. That he yep. endangered him because up till then, you know, the the girl who turned him was the only one who gave a shit, and the rest of them are yep. like, "You better not screw up, or we're gonna kill you." And yeah, then when really... he endangers himself to save the rest of them, that's kind of when they finally like, "All right, you're okay, kid."
0: Yep. So good, Terry. see <laughs> it. Okay. All right. Woo. So. We have a, uh, a late addition to the crew, um, oh. so he doesn't, he doesn't get a cool intro, but Justin Beam is here, everybody. Oh, He's
3: on here now?
0: Fuck, I'm going to
1: bed. Uh, I mean, I I'm love you, to, buddy. I'm going to bed. I heard I'm on here, and I'm going to bed.
0: <laughs> Shirtless, <laughs> though, right?
1: Of course. I'm always topless. <laughs> and
0: we were Good. just talking about Lost Boys. <laughs>
5: Got him yeah, all a hard. Of, Justin's here with a saxophone solo.
1: Here we go. Oh, my so, God. My, my chains and my saxophone. I just walked around town with that. Just topless, lubed, and That was you! For people. That was me. Look, but didn't you recognize the physique? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you were lubed, so
1: yeah, I should have known.
3: Yeah. Anyway.
0: So, we were just discussing, since, like, Near Dark and Lost Boys came out the same year, we were discussing... Which movie we liked better? If you want to throw in your two cents, without a doubt,
1: Lost Boys. Lost Boys. Ah! Was, it was like a <laughs> revelation. Oh, oh my God! I know that movie's front to back, and we rented it so often that I mean, it was it was up there with like Revenge of the Nerds and Sleepaway Camp, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, all these things that I used that we used to just rent like fiends and I, the soundtrack is great. The, great it is, soundtrack, yeah. Great soundtrack. It does a lot of things. Well, it, first of all, it established for me, it's one of the films that helped establish my fetish for carnival and um, like fair kind of act. And I love that it starts off with, with the pier shutting down. It's such a dark thing. Like it's it's like the moment when like the switch on joy is literally just shut off. Like all right, everybody go home. We're going to turn off the lights on just happiness. It is the most bizarre thing. But what a cool intro. And coming in from the water, it's just all beautiful. That whole movie is just absolutely gorgeous. Oh, I love it. Sweet.
0: Yeah. So it was a little bit more split than I thought it would be. I
3: guess nice. I'm the only one that really hates that movie.
1: Yep, you are. Yep. <laughs> I and mean, I don't want to have to have you rehashed if you've already really gotten into it, but how nope, could just you possibly hate, it. hate it?
3: I just, I can't.
1: <laughs> blame the
3: Hot Topic crowd from the late 90s and early 2000s for just ruining my vision of that movie. It's just...
1: How did that, what, what did they have to do with
3: it? Uh, all the, I used to go to a goth night and a lot of those people just they ruined a lot of things for me. It's hard to explain. You and I can well, sit down over doing? dinner.
1: You know what you're doing? You're giving them way too much influence and power in your life. What you need to do is <laughs> these fuckers do their own thing. And whatever they do, they do. But, he, but
3: I've still tried watching that movie. And I, st- I, I fucking can't. I think I never really liked it. Oh. I just don't like it.
1: Don't let other people Fair influence enough. your love, man. They're not going to walk But, but I don't place.
3: love it. <laughs>
1: it's too mainstream for John. He's too <laughs> hardcore. I just
3: like Near Dark way more.
1: That's a good movie. That's a really a good dusty yeah, western a, that's vampire. That's a good thing. way better movie.
0: <laughs> and one more thing I want to throw out there about Near Dark is I feel like, I feel like we talked a lot about Lance, but not enough about Bill Paxton. Paxton. Like that's that's the Bill Paxton show right his, there, man. His
3: early stuff though is is always fun. What's always good. Yeah, exactly, Mortuary, I mean, that's, he's great in that movie.
0: Yeah. Forget Mortuary, Forgotten. forget all of that early stuff, I know him from being the guy who was in the old Barnes and Barnes music videos, like the song Fish Heads, that's Bill Paxton what? in the music video. Really? That's, oh, yep. I did not know that. Yep.
4: And anyway. Every so. day. Chat and weird science.
0: Yep, can't forget old Chet.
3: Yeah, oh, that's right, that is him. I haven't seen that movie in ages.
0: Hey, nice panties. <laughs> okay. Um, well, thanks for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Uh, what? What should we talk about next? Well, he could get the question that we all just had. <laughs> oh yeah. So Justin, what is your um, all-time? <laughs> Favorite vampire movie, Martin, of all time. What's that? Martin. Yes. Skype high five. Because <laughs> that was mine too. Yeah. Why is it your
1: favorite? I think that it is so. It's so itself. I've always admired individuality in things, and like Lost Boys too. That's a one of a kind film. It doesn't. It has nothing to do with any trend. It has nothing to do with any. I mean, it, it hardly even romanticizes vampirism. It just makes it kind of a yeah. gross thing. It's almost like a virus. And in Martin, it's so much deeper than that because it gets into really psychological territory with him. And it plays with the viewers in a lot of ways, too, about what you're really seeing, what you're like. Are you in his head? Are you not? And the idea is much is infinitely more terrifying to me than a dude in a cape with big phony fangs that make it so he can't pronounce S's correctly. Like to Mm -hmm. me, it's so much more terrifying to think of a kid who thinks he's a vampire crawling in your, your room at night and waiting, or like in the train waiting behind the door, the door shuts and the the needles. I mean, and it's all so sloppy and that's it. Everything that happens in Martin is polar opposite of what happens in, in regular vampire mythology. He is, he's not handsome. He's not, uh, He's not well-spoken like the whole Legosi influence on what vampire the concept of vampires Legosi continues to bleed down from From the Browning film to this day, but Martin is this defiant thing. It's like this It's like protesting vampire films in a way and I think it's just an incredible movie That works on a psychological level that puts it in the same kind of territory as Halloween where you're afraid at home. You don't have to go to a castle or Transylvania or to whatever. You, you, you can be at home, and this invader who thinks he's this thing is far more terrifying than what a man bat would be coming in the window. Although a man bat would be fucking cool. And there's this movie. <laughs> what is that movie? It's like, it's like the animal people or something. Have any of you guys seen this thing?
4: Are you thinking of the Twilight people? The, well, island the Twilight of people, yeah.
1: yes. And the bat guy in that? Yeah. Wow. Anyway,
4: (laughs) I thought you were going for "It Lives by Night," with the uh, early Stan Winston effects—the guy who gets bit by a bat in the cave and then turns into one. Oh no, I'm not. Damn, I haven't
1: heard of that.
4: No, it's it's a Mystery Science Theater episode too. It's a lot of fun. Of
1: course it is.
0: Uh, But I really like I really like the perspective on Martin. I mean, on how it kind of flips the bird to what what the um, norm of vampires is. You know, because he doesn't. He doesn't have any supernatural powers. Um, he claims to be, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of years old, but uh, but is that just is that all just in his mind? Is that you know just influence from his crazy family? Um, you know, he doesn't sport fangs. He, he but he still feels that he has to drink blood. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't uh, turn into a bat. Sun. He walks around in the daytime. You know, crosses do not do anything. And so, yeah, it's – and I think – I really think, going back to George Romero here, I think it's top form of George Romero. Yeah, I agree. Like, I think it is his best storytelling cinematically ever. I mean, I'll put – I mean, Dawn of Dead is my all-time favorite movie. But I can can sit here and say that I think Martin is still, as far as his – as George's craft goes – is still even better because there's a lot of that movie that plays out with no dialogue. Yeah. Like again, going back to that opening scene, there's so much going on for you to observe in that opening scene, and it tells you so much without a word spoken. Yeah. So, to me, that's the craftsmanship of a craftsmanship of a, of a real film artist. There, man.
1: Well, and it's that's it, that's him also in the fact in the way that it's defiant in just in general, it's not just about the subgenre that it's a part of, he, he doesn't make movies that have anything to do with whatever's happening around it. And that's what makes a lot of his work timeless, I think. And that's, and if you look at I mean, Paul Martin out, if there wasn't fashion consideration in it, that film is it, even with the fashion, it's almost like a John Waters movie. It just exists in its own terms in its own space. And, and you don't, yeah, it's such a mishmash of time frames and dialects and i mean it, it, the way his grandfather speaks mm-hmm. down to the the rail travel stuff how the lady dri- i mean it's all of it so it's a timeless movie for that reason and i do you guys think that martin is coming into its own do you think it's acknowledged as more of a, an important work now cuz i know that for a long time that and like the crazies these are movies that weren't talked about very much
0: yeah, I think um, over the past, um, especially in the beginning of, say, the DVD age, is when movies like Martin and Crazy's got more recognition. But I kind of feel like that's waning again, though. I feel like they're kind of
1: falling off the radar again. I don't know. I, I am surprised that Romero hasn't had the kind of resurgence that Carpenter has. But I don't think he has as strong a vehicle behind him. As someone like, and I think part of it has to do with the hackneyed various distribution avenues he's made his, or had his films released through too, where Carpenter's oh, yeah. been fairly consistent over the years. I mean, he's hopped around a little bit, but, I mean, ultimately, Screen Factory can license his stuff with, with ease, and so one house can pay him ultimate tribute. But look how hard it is for anyone to get a fucking Blu-ray of Dawn of the Dead out. Yeah. Right? Very Ravel's true. It was all over the Very place, true. but he deserves that same kind of renaissance. And I think part of that, I, I, I think, uh, I don't think that he ever achieved the commercial heights that Carpenter did. No. So I think that's part of why he is he exists. He's kind of like indie for life. You know what I mean? Where Carpenter? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: Well, because he didn't get he didn't get his um, studio deal until Monkey Shines. Right. And even that, that was on the tail end of Orion, that was Orion, and that was on the tail end of their, um, you know, their life. I don't even think, because I think it was a three-picture deal, I don't even think he got the third movie out before Orion was done. He just had a Lincoln lot of...
1: Shines. Yeah.
0: I feel like Land of the Dead, though, was a pretty big
5: push to the George comeback mainstream. I it, was. it was, it was a
1: huge too. push. Oh my god, yeah, do you but, remember what an event that was? Like, we've talked about that on the show before. Years a big ago. fucking deal. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. huge but, fucking
0: deal on all on all levels. Like, it was it, it. Even the making of that movie was just like, we recognize you, George Romero, as being this master, and we're giving you the keys of the kingdom here. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the, the the feel that I got out of that whole, I that whole thing. I mean, you have like people like Simon Pegg um, and um, um Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. Uh, flying over to America to be dressed up as zombies because they're such fanboys that they want to be in Land of the Dead, you know it's shit like that like people recognized like uh, George's genius finally and was allowing him to to shine in a nationally wide
1: distributed theatrical film, but it didn't do well but it didn't do well, yeah. and he just went right back to bono so he's considered a risk these guys that are and this is yeah. the great irony in the horror genre. And I think it's a real testament to the fan base being so durable and just incredibly passionate and devoted. Is that almost everybody who's an icon in horror has a, is a commercial failure. And I think that speaks volumes to the, to the way that people follow these people. That fans follow these people. Because you're not attracted to a film because of its star power. You may follow a star an actor actress you may follow but you're more likely in horror to follow the director Mm -hmm. and yeah and, and, and that stands outside of the norm for all of cinema where people follow an actor into movies and bigger commercial stuff oh melissa mccarthy's in this i'll check it out it's like it's different in horror where you're more likely to follow the creative people behind it as opposed to the people who are in it and that's so unique so it doesn't matter that these things bomb it's like we we don't we aren't considering timeline we are considering overall legacy from the time we're kids. And I think part of that romanticism comes from reading magazines like Fangoria and Gorezone and Deep Red and Slaughterhouse and whatever else you want to call out. Because in these magazines, these guys are kings. Yeah. They're, they're the kings and queens of cinema. It's like the rest of the cinema doesn't even exist in these magazines. And that's a beautiful thing. So in, on those terms, you have your own high court. And it makes no difference what their lineage is, because you just care that they're there, and you love their work. You don't give a fuck who they're friends with, who they're married to, or anything like that, if they're the sexiest man on earth on the cover of People magazine. It doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, I agree to a point, because the only downside of, like, you know, like with Carpenter having having some of the greatest horror movies of all time, Bomb in the Box Office, or George Romero never really getting any of that success either, yeah. is the fact that we don't get more content from those guys because no one's willing to give them the money to, to make... double
5: Edge though. I mean, like, oh, I, I it know. also lends to their legacy of being awesome yep. with the less amount of
1: possible shit. I was just going to say that. Yeah, every, like, But every, I could go back on that little...
0: too, when, with the whole George Romero thing. Especially, it's just like he's so fucking pigeonholed on being the zombie guy that his last th- his last three movies were fucking zombie movies. And I know he's got more to him than just being the zombie
1: guy. Okay, let me let me interject right there, Mike. And I want to throw this out there at you because I know that that's been the line for Romero. And you know that I love him so much. Mm-hmm. George, the George Romero who made Night of the Living Dead wouldn't give a fuck if a studio came knocking on his door. The George Romero who now sits and complains that no one's giving him money is not the yeah. George Romero who's out making his own shit because he loves to shoot stuff. Okay. Yeah, if he wanted to be making movies just like you guys, what do, what's the very first thing you tell any kid who approaches you anywhere and says, do how it. do I just do it? And Romero knows that. And that's his roots. And he's done it before. He didn't, he didn't, you know, he, it wasn't like he abandoned that at any point. I don't think he did. I think he's just been, become somewhat complacent, and I think that it would be very thrilling for somebody to back him on something indie. But it wouldn't take much if he were to do a Kickstarter campaign. If he were to turn to a couple friends and have yeah. you no know, send him, give him a hundred k, shoot a movie. Because who's going to show up? Every single person who can possibly lend a hand. So the fact that George Romero hasn't made a movie that he thinks is up to what he is, like his potential is, and the fact that fans look at him and go, "Why is he always so like?" It's he could be doing stuff and he's choosing not to.
0: Well, do you think that has to do with um, their perception of the system, or or is is it an age thing too, though?
1: Whose perception?
0: Well, what we're talking about, like the fact that he thinks he has to have some you know studio to back him now
1: or what have you. I'm not saying he, that, that's that he's the case.
0: lost. Yeah. That he's lost that indie edge.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not saying that's the case for him. I'm just, saying, I mean, like if he were to. I've heard that. And I, and I know that he is very vocal about disappointment in the system, not backing him. So that's why I made that comment. I don't think if you went to George Romero and you said, why aren't you shooting stuff? I I do think he'd probably say I'm old. So I think that you're probably right. And to an extent, there comes a point where you have a legacy that you can lean on. You've earned that. You've earned that from the moment you make anything. Look at it, admire it, you know, ride on it. Yeah, that's what it's there for. But
0: I think the biggest thing that hurt George's career and maybe his indie sensibility was that time frame, when the studios were giving him an opportunity, but then like the rug kept getting pulled out, like during that time frame of Martin and Dark Half, like, like he was in
1: about a dozen things, yeah.
0: yeah, 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 and you know, and it was all tied to studio shit, yep. Yep. and he could have done any of those projects independently, like he did back in the day of. Night Living Dead or, or Martin. so
5: I assume well, it's because he made Knight Riders, is why he. God damn it, <laughs> Knight Riders is a brilliant Knight. fucking movie.
1: Well, no, the same thing happened to Carpenter when he was in, he made Memoirs of an Invisible Man and wanted to shoot, his, shoot himself in the face. He was so miserable in making that movie with Chevy Chase, who I guess was the biggest cunt, this side of Donald Trump. And so Carpenter almost <laughs> was willing to walk from the entire game because of his experience on that film. So the studio system can push people away. And it can also yeah. suck you down and weigh you down. And when you don't belong in that system anyway, you're never going to be comfortable in it from day one, regardless. So yeah. to have that happen over and over again, I think that would be that would be hard to deal with. But, I, I mean, if Romero has more ideas, I, I, I would love to see him doing it. Argento's continued doing it. Why can't Romero?
5: Well, yeah, exactly. I think it's just... I, I think the horror fans need to... I don't know how to say this. They need to stop being fucking horror fans for a minute and be a be a human person. I'm saying this wrong, but I'm trying to say <laughs> realize that, that is that like, hey, like life is not Fangoria in the '80s. Yeah, and 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 every filmmaker is a different person. I don't know if you guys know this. What? And, and and people, as humans, have, let's see, he, things change. Like, our worlds, are, uh, we've spent so much time with our noses in Fangoria that, that we think that's how life's supposed to be. If George or any filmmaker wants to make a, a couple fucking awesome movies and then never make another fucking movie again, it's it's, that's us. Yeah. Being nerdy guys, oh, but why can't he do a good movie? You know, like, who fucking.
3: Like, people change. People. They, yeah, they forget
5: happens. that. I'm, and, like, everything doesn't exist in this horror yeah, fanboy world where all th- we do is talk about other people and forget that they're people and that it's okay if somebody. You know, wants to make three horror films and then never make another horror film again.
0: Like, that's okay. I understand that and (laughs) I get that. I totally agree with you. And it's the same
3: thing with music. How, you know, somebody could make the most amazing albums and all of a sudden, hey, me personally, I want to change what, you know, the next record. I want to write something different. Well, all the fans are going to be like, well, fuck you, dude. What the fuck's your problem? Why'd you write that record? Like, this Mm -hmm. is not like your first two. And that's how it is with movies. Like what you didn't you didn't make the same kind of movie again. What gives, dude? I You're, think
1: that the discussion yeah. here wasn't saying damn Romero for not making movies that no. are cool. Mm-hmm. I think the discussion yeah. was like the way that we ended up down that road was what did we were talking about resurgence and we were talking about the opportunities that certain people have had and some others haven't and like with Romero having the great opportunity with land and the film mm-hmm. just not performing And then the point was made that he's been pigeonholed with the dead thing. And I don't think that, I mean, my whole point with that was just that if he wanted to get outside of it, he would. Jason, it's actually more to your point than anything, that if he wanted to make another movie, he would.
5: Oh, he could rally the troops in a heartbeat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be there. (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) yeah, if if he wanted to start a Kickstarter, it'd be done. Yeah.
0: And so. But I'm saying it's okay that he doesn't. You're right, at the end of the day, if the man never makes another movie again, would I be disappointed? Yeah, sure. But I would understand. Would you? I would, I would. <laughs> sure. I would. I just know, what the, the the aggravating part for me is, I know there was that time frame where that's all he wanted to do was make movies, and, and, and he lost his way being stuck in the studio hell, uh, development hell thing. Yeah. And that's the bummer part is that there's that time frame there where something there's something that should have happened if he was still doing it independently, could whatever that project would have been. So, and I think that could be said for probably a lot of those guys that got into it. But if we never see another Carpenter film again, I understand. If I never see another uh, Toby Hooper film again, I understand. These guys are. You know these guys are old, and no. we make movies too, and so I understand. It, the older I get, the harder it gets to to keep doing it. And I and I feel like what we do is extremely light compared to what <laughs> they have to go through on on the sure. much bigger budget situation. So <clears throat> I get it. It's just a bummer. I don't even know <laughs> where this all came from. It's awesome. Anyway, so vampire movies. Yes. Martin is the greatest
1: movie of all time. What? Thanks, Justin. Uh, okay.
0: Uh, <laughs> what other vampire movies do we want to talk about?
1: Has anybody brought up subspecies series yet? No. Anybody
0: have feelings? why you say time? that half laughing? Because like, he asked if anybody brought him up yet when we've only really talked about like four films so oh. far. Okay. We really started. <laughs> no, um... No, and I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever se- actually seen a subspe- one of any of the subspecies movies. Shocker. Being the full moon fan that I am. Anybody? Has, have has anybody
4: seen, seen it? No. I've seen I've the have. first two. Yeah, I've seen the first two oh, as okay. well. It's been a while, though. Are they good?
0: First one is. Yeah. They're full moon movies. It's got
4: Angus Scrim in just, the first one. Just oh. it's like five minutes, but it's there. And yeah, the the makeup effect is pretty cool. Sort of like if uh, if the Klaus Kinski Nosferatu from the Werner Herzog version uh, had like long metal guy hair. That's sort of what <laughs> he, 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 uh, What is his name, Justin, the vampire?
1: Uh Rook.
5: I am Groot. Yeah. Anyway. Was an it, R it's...
1: that guy. Radu. Radu. I yes. Yeah. I hadn't seen many. I honestly hadn't seen much of it at all until I, we did a, a interview. The guys from the editor of scream magazine asked me if I would interview Ted Nicolaou, who directed all of them and also basically wrote them too. And Ted's a super fascinating guy. That's a whole other topic though but anyway he, he took complete ownership of this series of films and their fan base is rabid i mean it's like dark shadows type fan base love for it i was really blown away by what i found there and it's another one that takes some vampire tropes and then does its own thing with them it twists them They actually shot in transylvania you could say mm. and uh, under incredibly intense conditions there there's a great if you go to full moon's youtube page they put a lot of their uh, what, oh, what's it called mike um oh video the video oh, magazine the, yeah yeah um i'm yeah. blanking now yeah the video magazine yeah. that they used to have at the end of all their videotapes it was like video the, zone the, yeah video zone which is amazing. yeah that was geez. like one of the coolest things about full moon even if the movie sucked, mm-hmm. You knew that you could see some of the making of, which was inevitably going to be far more interesting than the film. But with these, it's a little bit different. But anyway, like they're really sort of warts and all in these video zones throughout the subspecies franchise, which has probably made him almost as much money as the Puppet Master franchise has over time. And so it's kind of cool that it has its own mythology and it plays by its own rules and has created this own universe that exists through an entire series of films that are like an A to Z. So origin of characters through to death of characters. And I think that's pretty unique. A lot of vampire films are one-offs. I don't know if you noticed that there aren't a whole lot of, there's not a tremendous number of vampire franchises. And I think part of that is because people make the mistake of just telling the same story over and over again. And mm-hmm. if you, But if you take down, if you turn down a side road and you find something fun, something a little bit different, you can really you know make that thing blossom. And I think that's one of the things that subspecies does is that it is purely its own thing. And Nikolai does a really nice job with the directing and all of it. And especially considering, all like I said, what they were going through when they were making the films time and again. And it just got worse and worse as it went on. But anyway, that's pretty cool, and maybe the most durable, the longest. I can't think of any vampire franchise that has more entries. I think they have maybe five or six films. Six films.
0: Okay. I, I was just gonna ask how many, because I couldn't remember. Okay. Yeah, I think that probably, I think that does outlast, other than like the
1: original, original Dracula franchise. But. Yeah, which was loose. I mean, we're talking with this. It's the same director, same a lot of the same locations, revisiting the same castles. And I mean, they poured a lot of money into it by full moon standards to make these things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. vampire, the Dracula franchise. If you want to call it that? With Universal, you're referring to? I take it. Yeah, yeah. That thing is so all over the place, man. In fact, I think it is it's the true. most it is the most ADD of all of the Universal monsters.
0: Now that you, you said that, you're absolutely right, because like the sequel was Dracula's daughter, so it didn't even really have anything to do with Dracula.
1: Which has some beautifully atmospheric moments, like by the swamp and stuff. Man, yeah. So there's yeah. some gorgeous stuff in that film, and there's there's gold to be found in all of them, but there's sure, no yeah. to any of it, like with, which is weird, because it's an ancient story. And you look at something like Frankenstein, and then you look at the pains that they took to try to tie the Frankenstein films together and the mm-hmm. consistency yeah, that, they, exactly. that they handled Lyle Talbot with in the, in the wolf as the wolf man, mm-hmm. th- that same consideration was never given to Dracula, which yeah, is odd because he's sort of considered the prince of all of these he's films.
5: Anchor, really? Yeah.
1: Not only the so, prince, but like the one with the most
0: personality too. I mean, he essentially was, you know, a human where like the wolf man, he's like a, you know, he's a yeah, werewolf. Right. A, Frankenstein's monster—he doesn't talk, but you know, Dracula has personality. He's—he talks, and yeah, so that is interesting. That's weird. Never really thought thought about that, but it's mm-hmm. very true. <clears throat> um, yeah. Well, so, then there's uh, yeah. the Christopher Lee Hammer era of Dracula movies. Yeah. Those those are those are slightly tied together, aren't they?
1: I would say that's better that they handle it better than Universal in terms of trying to have continuity among them.
0: For sure.
5: You got me excited to ask what was... What about subspecies... uh, How do they do vampires different? That's
1: cool. It... The way... I mean, I don't want to spoil too much because I do encourage people to track it down. For real, and, f- and especially full moon now, you can buy a set of. I think all of them, including Vampire Journals, which was not originally intended to be a subspecies film, but was tied into it through a tie. Like the main character in that film, mentions that Radu was sort of his mentor in a way, and that he came from mm-hmm. Radu's world, and so that's why he does things the way he does it. Does them, so. I think you can get all the subspecies films plus vampire journals in one DVD set for like nine bucks. Wow. <laughs> it's nuts. And awesome. So if, if you want to dive into this stuff, there's absolutely no excuse not to pick this up <laughs> and check them out for such a low price and to get all these damn movies. So of course they have their, short falling, their shortcomings like everything. But um, if you look at them as this thing that they are, which is so unique in the, in the world of horror and just dig in. I think that marathoning kind of stuff would be a blast, but the way that the vampires are created, I'll say, and the way that they can be stopped doesn't play by the same rules. And those are two cool. key elements that are just boringly consistent throughout yeah. almost right. all vampire film. So I appreciate that. Um, the motives, Radu's motive, the stuff that he does. Um, I would say, I mean, just those things alone, right there, plus the oh, authentic, cool. and the authenticity yeah. of what they're what they're presenting. They're not dressing up a soundstage in Los Angeles as Transylvania. They're 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 going to Dracula's castle and shooting there. They're, I mean, this is all. It's as real in setting as you can get, and all the effects are practical, and in camera. And they had a, an amazing team of effects team throughout the entire franchise. So. If nothing else, it's worth it just to watch to see the you know, the creature effects and stuff like that. And they did a lot of miniature work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. It stands out. In the Full Moon canon, I think it really stands out as something different. Cool. Cool,
0: cool. A movie I want to bring up, because I watched it for this um, episode, <laughs> and I'll be damned if we're going anywhere without me talking about this movie because I watched the whole fucking movie just for this episode, and that is A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Oh, I haven't seen that Oh, yet. you don't How like it? it? Did I say that? Um, you were alluding to yeah. it pretty hard. <laughs> you watched it, right, Terry? Yeah. Seen it? So I think you brought it up before. Maybe, yeah, I watched it, it for,
2: yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah. No, it's No, it's good. Um it's black and white. It's uh It's
2: very noir sort of.
0: Yeah. Ukrainian film, so there's a lot of reading. <laughs> that's what it um, yeah, that's why he
2: doesn't
0: it's, like it. <laughs> it's slow. It's pretty slow. Cool.
2: Yeah, what's wrong so with that? So you will
0: love it, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> um I'm only on this planet for so long. I don't <laughs> need to uh Really, watch really yeah. slow movies. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, um, here's what I liked about it. I mean, it was it's an it's an interesting um, little vampire story uh, in this little dead town, Ukrainian mm. dead town. I think they called it Bad City, yeah. if I remember right. And um, Sky lives with his heroin addicted father, um, and you know the drug dealer that gives him his heroin. He's a super asshole with the worst haircut in the world. Um, and he takes he takes the main guy's car as as back payment for the heroin because they don't have any money. So he basically steals this guy's car. And, and our hero of the film, I can't remember the guy's name, but the hero, and even if I could remember it, I probably couldn't pronounce it. Um, the hero of the film, uh, you know, he works for this rich lady or something i'm not even sure what he was, what his job was but he ends up stealing her diamond earrings so he could give that to the drug dealer so he could get his car back but when he goes and delivers the earrings he finds the drug dealer dead cuz the vampire ended up you know killing the drug dealer guy and in ends so basically the vampire is this is this girl the 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 titular girl that walks home alone at night so, right away, I thought that was kind of cool. Like, you hear the title, and you think it's going to be the scary story about this girl walking home alone at night being um, stalked by some vampire or something like that, right? That's kind of, you know, how the the title leads you. But that's the vampire, is the girl that's walking home alone at night. And I like the use of, like, the... I'm going to be very politically incorrect when I continue to talk about this oh, movie. Oh, jeez. Um, but the... The um, headgear, the Ukrainian women headgear and cape thing that they wear. <laughs> I don't know what it's called, so I'm just going to generalize headgear. it as her cape and cowl. She's a Batwoman. <laughs> anyway, um, when she's walking the streets stalking people, and it, the fact with the black and white, and um, those are really creepy. I thought I thought it did a really cool job of making her look creepy. Mm hmm but yet she was still a very beautiful woman mm-hmm. because there's this whole love story that goes on then sort of, sort of a love story.
2: Oh, I think it's oh, very much a love me. story. Yeah. yeah. I think that's okay, one well of the main things in it.
0: It's just the, the relationship between them is just a little disjointed for me, but uh, um, um, anyways, because so after, after he finds the drug dealer dead, he bumps into her And instead of her attacking him and drinking his blood like she's doing with everybody else, they kind of hit it off, and they go back to her place, listen to records, and (laughs) and um and so then so then that's so the guy ends up falling for this girl. So in those moments, she's a very pretty girl that you kind of fall in love with too. Watching this movie, so I think they do a really cool job of um of the creepy moments still being creepy and scary. and then the the lovey dovey scene still being really lovey dovey with the with the same character in both positions. So, you know, I don't know. Am I way off base? But I found that I found her pretty creepy when she's in that head that headgear, <laughs> Stocking Street.
2: Yeah, no, like the the parts where you know she's being all vampiric. I guess is that the correct adjective? I don't know. Um, she no, they do a good job. And when she's like attacking people. It's vicious, like yeah, that mm-hmm. scene in in hit that one guy douche's house, like she the drug dealer? yeah, it yeah. is crazy. Even in black and white, like it is vicious. Mm. Oh yeah, um, maybe awesome. even more so because it's in black and white. Uh, it's just yeah. um, I don't know. I I mean I think one of my favorite things about the movie is how slow it is and it's very desolate, ghost towny and. It's just
0: all that stuff's cool, but it really drugged on for me in the third act. Eh,
2: to each their own, I guess. Yeah, just when they're just
0: <laughs> spoiler alert, but when they're driving off together at the end, it just takes for fucking ever. <laughs> <laughs> it just is forever, eh. and 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 so you know, yeah, whatever. But uh, I like. But I it. still, I still enjoyed it. I still liked it. I'm it was just a little slow burny for me, but, uh, you know, those those horror elements were right on par, and I it can admit that I got swept up into the love story <gasps> aspect of it, too. Oh. Yay.
2: <laughs> I'm really excited so- that the writer-director of that, I'm probably going to pronounce her name wrong, I'm going to pull a mic, um, <laughs> I think it's Anna Lily Amirpour?
0: That's exactly how I would say it, so it's probably wrong. <laughs>
2: But she has a, a movie coming out um, called The Bad Batch. I don't know when it's supposed to be released, but it has a ton of big name people attached to it, like uh, Keanu Reeves, as we've yeah. already discussed. Uh, yeah. Jim Carrey, Giovanni Ribisi. Nice. Like, and it's about um, a town of cannibals. Oh. So I'm interested in seeing that for sure. Toads.
0: Um, my favorite scene, I think the creepiest scene is when I can't remember now if it was the father, the heroin addicted father, or if it was just some other random old man that was walking down the street and she's on the other side of the street watching him, mm-hmm. but like mimicking his every move. So when he would stop and look at her, she stopped and look at him. Then he would start to walk and she would start to walk.
2: I think it was the same. Was
0: it the heroin dad? I
2: think so. It's been a while since I've watched it, but
0: I thought that was a really creepy scene. I just, I just like that that, that like at night suburban area, um, with like your scary force on the other side of the street just watching you and stalking you. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really creepy, um, really creepy thing.
2: Well, like yeah, the whole reason I wanted to even watch this is because I saw that like. There was a tagline for the movie that uh, pegged it as the first Iranian vampire western, and I was like, yeah. "Okay, I've got to watch this. Uh, like, <laughs> I got to see so, what this is about." Yeah, I don't
0: understand the western thing.
2: I mean, it's not like a shoot 'em up. It's just like the feeling, like it's horses? a ghost town and that sort of.
0: Oh uh... uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I'd still. I'd still can I the only the only thing I could put my finger on is that the director is technically American, so I don't know if maybe that's what they meant by Western, but um, uh. the land of the West. But I don't <laughs> know. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, because I saw that tagline too, and I'm like Western. Yeah, you know, that's it's a really loose interpretation, I think. But well, I saw I kind of saw it more of like. A Iranian vampire um, teen romance in the vein of, like, um, give me, give me, what's the name of that one? Infinite Playlist. Um,
2: Nick and Norris?
0: Yeah. some reason, that movie came to my mind while watching it. Huh. Okay. <laughs> well, just those, like, those little teeny love moments, like when she's pushing him down the street on the skateboard. Aww. You know, <laughs> just shit like that. Why
5: haven't I seen this?
0: I don't know. You need to say it now. It's on Netflix.
5: Yeah.
0: Poster's cool. I love the poster. Yeah, the poster's genius. I wanted to watch um, What Lovers... uh, What the hell's the name of it? What Lovers... Only Lovers Left Alive. Only Lovers Left Alive. Thank you. But I didn't have time. And I had a feeling it was probably going to be about slow, if not slower. So I didn't. I have heard, quote unquote, it is slow as fuck. <laughs> isn't that a isn't that a um what's his name? God damn it, what's his, thank you. Oh. And I'm not a huge fan of you his not. stuff, so just because it, I find it all slow. But Artsy, yay. <laughs> I have an appreciation for Artsy, absolutely. I
5: question that daily.
0: You know what else? You know, okay, here's what I would call. Um, nah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. Never mind. Never mind. I forgot to say anything. So, vampire movies. What else?
5: Ah.
0: Well, you were talking about Fright Christopher
4: Lee. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Justin.
0: No,
1: I'm sorry. You go ahead. You go ahead.
0: Now,
5: Fright Night kicked it off, Justin. Sorry, you missed that. Okay, good. Well done. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you were talking about Christopher Lee a little bit earlier when we were talking about uh, Dracula and the uh, Bela Lugosi influence in that. Has anyone seen the Dracula movie where he actually talks? The Jess Franco one? Because he... Which one? Jess Franco did a Dracula movie with Christopher Lee as Dracula. You know, he did all those films with Hammer and hated the script so much that he refused to say any of the dialogue they gave him. But of all fucking people, Jess Franco got him <laughs> to do these epic speeches... And they're really good. Like, it's... I, it, anyone here seen a lot of Jess Franco's stuff?
0: I think of... Uh, I'm trying to think. I keep... I Here's the sad thing. I, I'm i not well-versed in Jess Franco and Gene Rollins, so I constantly get the two's filmography confused.
4: Yeah, and they, there are a lot of similarities between the two, but, you know, Franco is just unbelievably prolific filmmaker. But, um... Most of his stuff is very goofy and weird and cheap and dumb, but his Dracula movie, and I, I love them. I'm not, <laughs> that sounds like I'm fobbing him off. I'm i am actually a big <laughs> fan of his stuff because it's awful. But his Dracula adaptation is actually pretty faithful to the book. And uh, it's, like I said, he got Christopher Lee to speak dialogue as Dracula where Hammer couldn't get him to do it over, you know, a decade That's and a half of cool. making movies and the best part is early on in the movie uh, when Harker has gotten to Castle Dracula and is, is working out the deal for him to buy Carfax Abbey um, Harker asks him you know why do you want to leave here isn't this castle your family home And he goes into this amazing monologue looking right into the camera about how the blood of Attila flows in his veins and how centuries ago one of his ancestors kept the Turks from their borders even after his entire army had gotten wiped out and how he single-handedly waded into battle and destroyed the Turkish forces. And you can tell from the look in his eyes with this fury and passion he's delivering this speech that he's actually talking about himself and reliving this past glory but trying to not tip Harker off that he's hundreds of years old, and see—I mean, the the movie's worth watching just for that alone. But it's it's cool in general. And there's also a neat little effect when the you know the three vampire brides rise up out of the their tombs to feed on Harker when he's sleeping. That when they first come up out of the tombs, they're transparent through you know it's like a process shot where you can see through them. And as they slowly approach Harker, they become. More and more solid until they're like fully there.
0: Nice. Is it just called Dracula? Or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right.
4: And, oh. and I've and really S- got Severin just put it out on Blu-ray not too long oh, ago, nice. so it's widely available. It's still in print, so it's fairly inexpensive as these things go.
0: I've really got to get more versed in, in um, yeah, obviously, because I forgot his name again. Um, Franco. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, just Franco, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because I'm embarrassed that I don't know more. Oh, it's embarrassing. That'll do it. I'm questioning if I even have any of this, <gasps> Mike. <laughs> I just don't know, because again, I constantly get confused. Because my first thing that came to mind was "Grapes of Death," but that's that's genre, that's, and, yeah. That's
4: Rollins, yeah. And he, well, I mean, and like so many prolific uh, European exploitation filmmakers Franco worked under pseudonyms his movies have like a dozen different titles apiece because they're all released in different formats and different yeah. cuts in different countries so I mean yeah you, you could own one of his movies on six different blu-rays under different or DVDs under different titles every time you
0: know yeah that's true I mean it took it took me forever to get to start piecing together the Italians because of that. You know, like, The Beyond and Seven Doors of Death is the same movie? What? Anyway.
5: I had a a sub-question for Brian about vampires. All right. Has Godzilla ever faced a vampire? (laughs) There's a lot of verses, so... No,
4: but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Toho Studios did make a series of vampire movies in the '70s, and they starred a lot of the same actors who were in the Godzilla movies. Because yeah. Toho used like the you know the old stable style of actors, where they were contract players. So, so there's a connection there. Seen any of those? I have not. They're, to my knowledge, have never been available <laughs> legitimately sure. in the states, and I've never been able to track down copies mm. I guess
0: so I have a question for Brian then <laughs> so since we're kind of uh, we're kind of um, all over the world now talking about vampire movies what um, would be your favorite country um, for vampire films because I know different countries have different interpretations of the vampire lore
4: right so so oh, um. I suppose it would probably have to be England just for all the hammer stuff.
0: Okay. Because, cool. I,
4: and, and, you know, as iconic as Christopher Lee is as Dracula, there's stuff that doesn't have him in it is better, like vampire circus or uh, mm. brides of Dracula, twins of evil vampire lovers, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah, I guess just for the the sheer output that they had and the general high quality of it, it would probably have to be England.
0: I've always been fascinated with with um, Japanese vampires because from those are really different from what their lore is really different from what we know of as vampires, and it's a, they come off as really corny too, like they heart, hop heart, around. I was
4: just going to ask if you're thinking of the that that's uh, primarily a Chinese thing, the hopping. Vampires. Oh, it's a
0: Chinese! Yeah. Damn it! Here I go again. And, and the reason
4: reason vehicle. being for their hopping is because they have rigor mortis and their joints don't work
0: oh okay. so they
4: got to bounce around to chase after you okay.
0: and yes and then like very goofy yeah, looking. They're, they're very <laughs> goofy i mean they could they could be kind of creepy yeah. if there was some budgets behind them but yeah, you know, most of the time they come off kind of goofy i mean just the the look and somehow they light them sometimes that looks has kind of a creepy look. Well, yeah, and, and generally uh,
4: they're controlled by a Taoist priest because they stick those papers yeah. on their heads with prayers written on them. That can yeah, be that
0: was the thing. And, you, yeah, you you put the papers with the prayers on their foreheads, and that's how you stop them. So that's how you stop a uh, Chinese vampire. <clears throat> Everybody knows that. Yeah.
4: And I don't know, I'm sure there's you know, some homegrown uh, Japanese vampire lore, too, and I guess I don't know much about that, because the Toho ones I was talking about earlier take their cues mostly from the Universal and Hammer stuff, so they're more of a traditional Western-style vampire.
0: Mm, okay.
4: There's a pretty horrible Filipino type of vampire called an Aswang. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that that, that movie called Ozvong it was made in Wisconsin is not very good, but the, the idea of that type of vampire or the uh, the uh, I can't remember if it's Malaysian or Indonesian. It's probably crosses the two countries because there's you know there's a lot of similarities there. But the uh, Penanggalan, which is really it's more of a witchcraft thing, but the head detaches from the body, mm-hmm. trailing the spines and organ or the spine and the organs behind it. And, so, uh, is
0: that Mystic and Bali? Yes, Mystic in Bala,
4: yep. And it will suck the fetuses out of pregnant women and drink their blood. That's kind of how, so, yeah.
0: That movie's awesome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> that floating head with its spinal column just flapping around. Going down on women, yep. It's awesome. Cool. All right. So we've been all over the world now with vampires. (laughs) Any others that we want to mention?
5: The only big ones still on your list that you made... That yeah, deserves I, it. I don't have my list. Stakeland was fucking awesome. It was. Awesome. Yeah,
0: I was really hoping we would have gotten in Steakland. And they, is, do they really are making a movie. sequel or a second Ooh. one. Did I see that somewhere? I I thought or? I read that somewhere too, but I think oh, that's, I been, that's been That's been in talks know. for a, since the first movie came yeah, out. That's so been out. It's so. been a while. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know if you
5: guys have heard about this um, awesome new thing called the Justin Beam Radio Hour <laughs> podcast. <laughs> what? What's that? Yeah. I don't know, check it out, it's on the internet somewhere. But the first the first episode is with this guy who
0: who made this movie Shadow of the Vampire anyway. Which I love Shadow of the Vampire. I love the uh, the idea of taking something historic like the making of Nosferatu and I'm putting this like supernatural, real supernatural twist to it. Yeah, I mean I just love the idea of messing with um, historical events. I, anyway, you know, like the outrageous stuff, like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter or whatever, mm-hmm. but but uh, Shadow of the Vampire has done so well, so beautiful. Such a great movie. Thanks, Jason.
5: Yeah, buddy! <laughs> Thank you for your sweet uh, shout-outs to me, you sweetie, you big sweetie. Jesus
1: Christ, the witness. Well,
5: sir- well whatever, but <laughs> Anyway, but check out his show. It's fucking awesome.
1: Aww. That show wouldn't exist if it wasn't for you. Because you... I mean, it wouldn't be online. Well, that's, do you that's what I'm saying. It would just be me talking to myself. Like, to myself. And just amusing myself. <laughs> Which I just spend all day doing anyway. I sit at work and just do that. Talk to myself. Anyway, so yeah, that movie is incredible for a lot of reasons. And... One of the rare horror films that Academy has acknowledged. I don't know very many that that's happened with. So. Yeah,
0: because usually when they do, they change it from a horror movie to a thriller just so they can feel better about themselves.
1: Yeah, well, this one is unapologetic. There's no, you can't call this film anything but a horror movie. Damn straight. Absolutely not. Same, oh, same thing with of *The Lambs*. Yeah, absolutely. Been no, I mean, two big moments.
0: Yep. What did it? What did it get nominated for? I I don't even remember.
1: Makeup and for Willem Dafoe.
0: Ah yeah, <laughs>
1: he's so awesome in that movie. So, yeah, Eddie Izzard's great. Every single Malkovich is great in it. There's not a single weak anything in that movie. It is so gorgeously shot. Everybody in it's amazing. The story's incredible, and I, I agree with you, Mike. I think it's so fun when when history is turned on its ear, and. Mm-hmm. He has some weird stories behind that, too. Like, if you listen to that episode of the, of the, sh- the podcast, he, he elaborates on some of those weird coincidences that happened around it, around the making of it. And I just think it's another one of these movies that are just one of a kind. Like, you, mm-hmm. you can't franchise that. You, it's a one-in, one-out kind of thing. Beautiful film.
0: What was the I'm I'm also remind what's the movie Jason that you were talking about? I know it's not horror, but this whole idea of taking something historic and doing something crazy a crazy concept with it. What the hell were we talking about the other day and it was a movie a movie that's coming out that's based off of one photograph? Oh. Elvis Nixon and Elvis. Oh yeah. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Just cause like No one knows the story behind the picture, but these filmmakers decided to make
1: up their own story and went balls out with it. Oh, is that what it's about?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's about that photo. And doesn't have Kevin Spacey as, like, Elvis or something?
2: No, he's Reagan. Or Nixon, Uh not Reagan.
1: Okay. Elvis
0: and Nixon.
2: And Michael Shannon is Elvis in it, and he's amazing.
1: That's going to be glorious. I love it. Can't wait. I was playing at the uh, that little theater, the film scene in Iowa City for quite a while. I uh, I really wanted to go check it out, but I never did. <sighs> Good story. I'll share that. I'll share that again sometime. If you guys have any- <laughs> with that, I'm happy to. If I'm in the right mood. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what else was on that list that we had, Jason? I forget. Um, I don't Lover have it Lock? in front of me. Only Lovers Left Along? No, uh, Salem's Lot wasn't on the list. That's a good. That's a good call. Salem's Lot was oh, yeah. not on the list. Um, yeah, it's been forever since I've seen it. But Toby Hooper, yeah, um, talking about the you know the legendary filmmakers Toby Hooper, and that and that vampire is a very Nosferatu vampire as well. To me, that's probably one of my favorite looks. Is that style of vampire? Yeah. The ball-headed, big ears, right. big pointy ears, gnarly teeth.
1: Yeah, and the build-up is so huge to the reveal on that. I don't know if mean, it's just on and on and on waiting for that build-up, or waiting for the reveal, rather. It's it's well done, and you really get ingrained in that community, and the music's, the music's great. That movie's so damn good. Mm-hmm
0: i often forget too i mean again it's been forever since i've seen it but i often forget too that it was originally made for television yeah it yeah. was
2: a mini series
0: yeah it doesn't really have that made for tv feel that you get with some of those type of films you know right. we've talked about i've talked about it before with like it mm-hmm. like it i'm excited for the theatrical version of it to come out because i feel like as much as i love the original doing it for television was kind of a disservice um, you know, the stand also made for TV, right? And it looks and feels like it was made for TV. Well,
1: but I think that they're just too long a story to for a lot of people to really squeeze into a ninety minute film. That's sure, a challenge. Yeah. but this day and age, though, we can do that now. And the day and age of yep. Twilight being broken up into I don't know how many, like I think they broke those up quite a bit and the and the Harry Potter movies. Like, people are yep. willing to buy into a long-running franchise film thing where you can take one story and break it up. You don't have to just have it be separate entries.
0: Exactly. That's why, just, like, now is the perfect time for, like, it. Because Dark they, Tower. Yeah. They are breaking it up into two movies. Yeah, Dark Tower is another one. So, like, I wouldn't mind seeing a, re- a remake of The Stand or Salem's Lot, you know, these bigger oh, books yeah. that... um were had to be done on television because they were too long. Turn
1: them into miniseries. Well, they did make
2: bit- the two thousand something Rob Lowe movie of Salem's Lot.
1: Oh, I haven't seen that one. Oh, I right. haven't
2: either. Yeah. But it exists. but it was still
0: <laughs> but that was still for television, wasn't it?
2: Um, I think yeah. Actually, it might yeah, have been.
0: Because that was during that era where they were remaking a lot of Stephen King stuff, but it was all for television. Yeah. Yeah. They did that with The Shining. Um, Which I like. They did that. I still haven't seen the TV version, but I know, yeah, I remember you've talked about it before, yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah, the Rob Lowe one was for TV, too. But it's Mm -hmm. only, well, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I misread Mm -hmm. something. Yeah, it was just broken up into two parts like the original was as well.
0: Yeah. And that's where I'm kind of like, you know, why bother? But if they did it theatrically, it'd it'd be... Because it just feels like... I mean, I haven't seen it, so I can't really say, but it feels like just doing the same thing again. Let's do it theatrically, put some real money behind it. Um,
2: Well, and I think from what I hear... I didn't get to watch that one before um, this episode, but apparently that newer one is a little bit closer to the source material than the original 70s version.
0: True, and that was what I think the point of all of those remake ones they did in in the 90s. Um, Still, I feel like there has to be elements missing if it's made for television. Oh, well, yeah. You know, because it's television, it's commercial television, you know, but, uh, and because The Shining was the same way, like, I mean, Stephen King has said before that he did not like Stanley Kubrick's version of the, of the film, so, but, anyway. All right, should we, uh, unless anybody got any other vampire films they want to discuss, maybe we should, Close this out and take a break, and come back with some segments. What about let the right one see? in? Oh, that got brought up before too. It's already before. Okay, cool. Yeah. Good this job. A, well, this
4: is a topic we should come back to again because there's just so many.
0: Oh yeah, we. It feels like we barely scraped the surface. I feel kind of guilty for wanting to move on to segments, but it's getting late. Right. Yeah. We and we, we could be here
4: another four hours.
0: to... <laughs> <laughs> talking about stuff so yeah we should we, should, exactly. we got
4: to do a vampires part two
0: yeah i agree sounds good we will do a vampires deuce so let's take a uh quick break and when we come back we'll do some segments here on attack of the killer podcast good evening it's
4: intermission time our service is friendly and quick you'll find hot dogs
2: hamburgers pizza your favorite candies hot and cold beverages and other delicious snacks so, add to your fun of watching the movie. Visit our refreshment stand right now. We're glad to have you with us tonight. We hope you'll come to see us often.
0: It's great to get out to the movies. And we're back. And it's segments time. And this time we actually have some shout outs.
4: <laughs> it's time for
2: shout outs!
5: <laughs>
0: yeah. Made up for last week. This it's is like tenfold. A, I saw yeah. like you know, two hours before the show. People even started. People love
2: like, vampire movies. They yeah, all I, wanted uh, to comment this time.
0: I'm just gonna take a nap while you do this, because this is gonna go on for a while. Uh so I asked what are your favorite
5: vampire movies? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, this is good. I felt so bad for missing yeah, it last week. It's two
2: episodes, Burt. Episode.
5: It is. Hell yeah. It really is. Here we go. All right, Derek Johns, right off the bat. He said the original Fright Night 1 and 2. Yes. Salem's Lot, The yes. Lost Boys, Near Dark, Subspecies, and John Carpenter's
0: Vampires. We didn't talk about that. No, and I think I put that on the original list. Yeah. I save it for I
5: assumed one.
0: it's I assumed it's because it's so. We do, and I've got. Well, I want to revisit it. Oh, I do too. Yeah. I.
4: Yeah, it it shake. Shake. yeah, such a badass movie. I love that is flick it? so much. Yeah. Okay.
0: The only thing I remember, and I remember really liking, is the hotel room scene. Yeah. But other than that, I it that it seems... left a sour taste in my mouth. But I'm hmm. definitely willing to give it a second chance. Oh, cool. sure. Sure. we Mars. we can come yeah.
4: to fisticuffs over that one. It'll be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay
0: tuned, folks.
5: (laughs) Next up, we had Matt Pike. He says, The Lost Boys, Nosferatu. And left the right one in. Honorable mentions to both the American and Spanish versions of Dracula in 1931.
0: I always found that extremely interesting. It's the only time I have known it was done. When they made the original Dracula, they shot a... Spanish version simultaneously. What? That's neat. Yep. Yeah. I did Fathom, not know of, that. Fathom
4: Events did a uh, double feature theatrical re release last fall of both of them. I went
0: down and saw it in uh, Cedar Falls. Huh. And What's interesting. Oh, I'm sorry. Please. Oh. You, I was just going to say, what's interesting is cinematically, the uh, the Spanish version's kind of better. Huh. <laughs> just based on. Because, like. The original original Dracula it's classic don't get me wrong it's awesome Todd Browning blah 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 all that all that but it's a really flat film it's basically yeah. a play on, set to film but there's there's a lot more um, there's a lot more to see and a lot more camera movement and whatnot in the Spanish version oh so I thought it was like and cut now bring in the Spanish actor we're gonna
5: do
4: it again no they <laughs> shot it, uh, it well Todd Browning's crew worked during the day, as soon as they struck the sets at night, then the Spanish crew and cast came in yeah. and, and filmed, uh, did That's, night shoots. Yeah. Wow. And crazy. yeah, not only is the cinematography and everything a little more lively in the Spanish version, the performances are generally a little better too. And I don't speak Spanish, so I you know maybe they're delivering their lines weird well, but the the act the acting is a lot less stagey and i understand why acting was stagey back then because you yeah. know movies were new and they were still used to directing for the for the stage for theater but yep. the only exception and i got to say the most important one is the guy who plays dracula is fucking awful <laughs> he is so goofy and hammy and mugging for the camera all the time and it's like where all the other performances seem so natural, it makes his stand out as that much worse. Plus, he looks exactly like the guy who plays Fuad Ramses in Bloodfeast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> awesome. Nice. Next
5: up, we have Sean Davis, the meat man himself. He says, meat man. Have to start off with Bella Legosi Dracula, Salem's Lot, The Lost Boys, Fright Night, Carpenter's Vampires. One of my all-time faves, anything Christopher Lee, Monster Squad, no brainer there. Duh. Nice, had to. Uh, he says the creepy Gary Oldman as Dracula. I'm sure there's more, but those are must-haves and great to watch anytime. time. And then six butcher knives emojis. <laughs> okay, awesome. Next up, Jimmy Dalton, first-time commenter. He's also the guy who does the music, uh, the he opening and theme. closing yeah. theme song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jimmy Dalton. He's also the original founding member of the band that I'm in. Anyway, he says Salem's Lot, Shadow of the Vampire, Dark Shadows, The Hunger, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, Al- Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein. Oh, sure. Yeah, obviously. Plan Night from Outer Space.
0: <laughs> sort of. Yeah. And Dracula Dead and Loving It. <laughs> nice. Interesting, he had dark shadows on there. I'm wondering if he meant if he means the original TV show or if he actually means the Johnny Depp movie. I think he means the old TV show, just knowing Jimmy. Yeah, exactly. Knowing Jimmy, I would think it would be too, but.
2: But either. They're both fun.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I like the Johnny Depp movie. I love but. the new one. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kick ass. Anyway.
5: Up next, we got Eileen Stanley. This is neat because she used to be in my class in high school. Okay, and she's never commented either. And I went <laughs> with
0: her to her senior prom.
5: You did. This is Aww. neat. Uh, she chose fan favorite Lost Boys because she's a normie. Sorry, Elaine. <laughs> uh, Devin Hauser says, what? No Dracula Dead and Loving It? They never said it had to be a serious vampire movie.
0: That's right, Someone
2: Devin. did say that, though.
0: That's yeah. true. I need to go back and watch Jack of the Dead and Loving It. I, I've only seen it once in the theater, and I'm a huge Mel Brooks fan, and I did not like it. Really, I only feel like I laughed once, and my favorite moment in the whole movie is when Mel Brooks is telling what's-his-name from Wings to <laughs> hit the vampire. You to learn people's names. I know, too. right? Well, was it Steven Weber or the other one? I don't remember. Anyway, um, I just remember it was one of the two from Wings. Um, to put the stake in the vampire's heart and then the fountain of blood that sprayed up. Oh. And then he tells him to do it again and steps back and it happens again. That <laughs> scene to me, that cracked me up. But the rest of it just kind of felt like, I mean, like scary movie fodder. You know? Well, yeah, because it's Leslie Nielsen. And maybe that's why, honestly, you know, it's like naked gun shit going on. But, <laughs> which I. I you know expect that style of humor out of Mel Brooks, but on a much more intelligent level. Right. And to service the story instead of in spite of. Um, but I don't know. I need to go back and watch it again. Because I also wasn't a big fan of uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights for the same reason. So Yeah. We uh-huh. need to have a Mel Brooks-a-thon, I think.
5: Maybe.
0: Well, Nick's Muse commented on that. She said, I
5: saw that movie in the theater. Ha ha. She's, she's a cool gal. Uh, Devin Hauser replies to her reply saying, I have a copy of it around here somewhere. I love that movie. So funny. They don't make comedies like they used to. Okay. I don't know if that means Gerald Martin (laughs) says mentioned earlier, but I'm a big fan of the original Salem's Lot. He would be. (laughs) He likes the old stuff. Uh, Luane White. Luane. He says, aside from the usual suspects, which is not a vampire movie. (laughs) Or is it? I've been waiting to say that joke (laughs) for a long time. Okay, he says near dark for its savage nomadic vampire pack. He's right.
0: Nice description, like that, like the word use of the word nomadic.
5: That's right. Uh, Eric Preston.
0: Hey, yeah.
5: John's buddy from Halloween Four commented. He said thirst was excellent.
2: The one that none that. of us have seen. I, think right? I haven't no. seen that.
4: That's a very cool movie. Is it?
2: Mm hmm.
0: Okay. the one so. you and I haven't seen. Oh, okay.
5: <laughs> Matt Dunlap says Since no one else said them, Underworld
0: and Blade series is. See, and I thought about putting those on the list, but I, I just. There's so many vampire movies that are just definitely horror films, and those two franchises kind of teeter. Yeah. I mean, they they have their elements, and they still think they have their place in horror.
2: They're more widely appealing to.
0: But other... well, they're more act they're more actiony yeah. than yeah than scary. Love so. Blade Two, but I Blade love the franchises. Yeah, yeah, they're fun. yeah. Blade Two is my favorite of the Blade films.
5: I like the Underworlds, mm-hmm.
0: and I like the Underworld movies too. Yeah,
5: Matthew Tangen Tangen says Lost Boys is my favorite. I love Dust Till Dawn and Interview with a Vampire a lot too. I had from Destel down on my list to talk about just because it's like, it's just, hey, it's just this movie. And then bam, it's a fucking vampire yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like vampires all of a sudden. is pretty awesome. Yep. Um, an interview with vampire. I've good. never been a
0: big fan of that one.
5: Oh, well, that's because you just recently acquired feelings. <laughs> and like love story movies now. So maybe try it again. Anyway, (laughs) next. Yeah. I know you're making faces back there. Nick Leadham. He says, does Vampire's Kiss count? Sure. Mike says, Got vampire in the title, goddammit. He says, probably for the first Fright Night, for me, (gasps) I remember Vampires with James Woods being cheesy goodness, but I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Need to watch it again. There's also Vampire Hunter D movies. Great anime, yeah.
0: One of the best animes. Yeah. Classic.
2: Oh, yeah, the Helsing anime is awesome too. Mm. No. Okay.
0: Le- Leo Redman <laughs> says Razor Blade Smile.
5: I don't know what that is.
0: I've st- I I've know of it, I've just still never seen it.
5: Um, interview with Vampire. Martin. Yeah!
0: Kolchak, The Nice Stalker. Oh, nice one. Uh huh.
5: Vampire's Kiss. The Fearless Vampire Killers.
0: Yeah, early Roman Polanski.
5: Near Dark, Vampire Circus, yeah, and Hammer. loads of other Hammer films. Andrew Gahadar. I'm just too far away now. Oh my God! Interview with Vampire. You're right, <laughs> you're right, Andrew. Benjamin Chee. Oh, that's awesome. He's on here. He released he released the Collapse soundtrack. Nice. On, oh holy shit! Nice. On Howlin Wolf Records. Check it out. Wolf.com. Try <laughs> wrong. I'm sorry, benj uh, he says, lesbian vampire killers. <laughs> also awesome. Drew Arnold says, queen of the damned. Nope. Joke. Okay. <laughs> Lost Boys. <laughs>
0: gotcha. He did. Totally Woo. gotcha.
5: Oh, <coughs> screw, good one. Uh, Mark Leehu. Hugh says, near dark, the Lost Boys, "Fright night, stakeland. Mark Nato, the horror cast. Oh, that's that's his horror oh podcast. nice okay he goes by mark nato i like, I like that <laughs> yeah. maybe you need a nickname in Saint mike yeah i do <laughs> what's it gonna be i don't know jack christensen says my and yeah jack knows his shit old sammy garls he says since no one has mentioned it yet so so really all these comments just snowballed because they wanted to mention something that hasn't been mentioned yet, right? Isn't that
0: the point? I
5: guess. I think that's why you talk half the time, because you're like, oh, yeah, but have you heard of this? Yeah. Anyway, Sammy says... Where'd he go? He says, says, Bram Stoker, John Carper's vampires, uh, for very different reasons. Hun, Hon? Mention, uh, let the right one in. Are you... Uh, watching me read these, Terry, in case I just really screw something up. No. Oh, okay. I, I mean,
2: that. I am watching you read them, but.
5: Oh, yeah. I don't. Know, I don't honey. know what that meant either. <laughs> okay, we're halfway through, guys. Just uh, Sarah Sandberg <laughs> says mark eh, let the right one in. I like Sarah. Good answer. Sue Pitcher says Bella Lugosi. She's not wrong, but I, all his stuff, I guess.
0: Dracula. It's got to be... I know. know. Uh, Willis Wheeler says Blade, Blade 2, Blackula. Huh? Nice. The Blackland movies are actually (laughs) way better than they should based on the name. Yeah. They're actually really good. Coppola's Dracula. The OG
5: Dracula. Let us write one in. And the remake, Dracula 2000. Still haven't watched that. (laughs) Dracula 2000, no. We have it, but we still... (laughs) And then... Are you reading ahead? Why are you laughing? I
2: was laughing at Mike. Oh. Oh my gosh.
5: Life Force.
2: Oh Life yeah. Sorta. Space vampires. Yeah, that counts. Love Life Force.
5: Jonathan Hughes, John Hughes commented. What? From the grave? Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah. Maybe he's
5: a vampire. Could be. <laughs> he really likes interview with a vampire. Quentin Blake says, definitely from *Dust till dawn, where else are you going to see George Clooney be a complete badass?
0: Um, in every George Clooney movie. That's true. <laughs> also true. Especially Batman and Robin. Hey. I uh, agree.
2: Dem- no.
5: <laughs> Damia Torhagen, I'm sorry, says, people have mostly mentioned my faves from Genuine Scary to Ha! That's funny. Too weird, to thriller, to mystery, but no list would be complete without the fearless vampire killers. Nice. It's so funny, and gloriously unintentionally so. It is. Is it good? It is
0: very funny, very good film. Again, I think that's maybe Roman Plancy's very first film. Nice. Sora Wheeler
5: says, Dracula dead and loving it, lol, but for a more serious movie, I liked... Brand, Strokers, Stoker, Dracula, that one. You know which one it is. Don't make me say it. Uh, Katie Gil, Glid, there's an L. Glidewell. It's past my bedtime. Katie Glidewell says, near dark. What We Do oh, in
0: the fuck. Shadow. Oh my god, we're idiots. How did you how did <laughs> yeah, That watch? was
2: like my favorite movie last year. That's god damn. Wow. probably yeah. talked the crap out of it lately though. So,
5: Yeah, so it was intentional. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's right. That movie's so funny. Oh, so I good. love it.
5: Uh, so thanks, Katie. She also mentioned The Hamiltons. Hmm. I
0: think that's one of those eight... Eight Films to Die For, from the oh. Eight Films to Die For series, or that Scream Fest series, one of those two. Um, but I'd never seen it. No, I just remember seeing the one of the boxes.
5: She also mentions Once Bitten.
0: Didn't really talk about that. Yeah, uh, early Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Lost
5: Boys, and then she comes back and says, Life Force. Can't forget that one. That's right, cutie. Damn Katie. straight. Chicks naked she's, through the whole movie. Well, and it's also good. But she's, she's, she's totally naked you know, you go through the whole movie. <laughs> Uh, oh, I can't skip it. Jill, Marie, Valentine, Queen of the Damned. What? Jill, oh, maybe maybe she knows something you don't.
2: I mean, it does have Aaliyah in it.
0: That's true. I do like her. She tragically died after making the movie, right. so. Yeah. What a terrible way to go out in this world. Scene in Queen <laughs> well it fans. was
2: actually after making a music video that she died, I think, but after that too, I guess.
0: Yeah, sure.
5: And then lastly, Patrick Gunter says John Carpenter's Vampires, Fright Night, Interview Interview with a Vampire among others. Nice. That's Facebook. Thanks everyone. Let's you, go over to Twitter really quick. You guys are awesome. I hey, love you all. That anything? was amazing. And then uh, Sean Clary at Sean the Sean Clary, he says, "Hmm, good question." Yeah. So, <laughs>
0: thank you. Ray, yeah, I, guess. yeah.
5: <laughs> I have to go to that tweet just to make sure that's. I I'm I pretty
2: was, sure he just retweeted that. us and.
5: Yeah, I know. Was and we appreciate the love that
2: for sure, but yeah. no answer. That's not an answer.
5: But thanks for helping, Sean. We appreciate it. And hey,
2: guess what?
0: Is that it? That's shout-outs. That shout is about as long as the rest of the episode. Oh. Jesus, <laughs> you guys are speed through yours. Oh, I'm so glad you do shout-outs and not me. Anyway. So thank you, Jason, for that. Word. And thank you all for commenting. So awesome. It's so great when we get to hear from you guys. Woo. Um, okay. So um let's go to see Terry with wicked words oh, with her, oh.
2: Keep this pretty quick and painless uh i'm going to talk about salem's lot uh we already brought up the tv mini, mini- series from the 70s i didn't get a chance to, th- to watch the rob Lowe one so i'm not going to really worry about comparing it to that um but uh, a book by stephen king um there are some definite differences. One of the biggest ones, I know we talked about how you like the look of the main vampire, Barlow, who's basically like a blue-skinned Nosferatu. Um, not at all like that in the book. He's actually a really suave European dude. i not sure. I guess they just took that move to be more scary, maybe. Which, I mean, it's a pretty successful... Uh, move I guess I thought he was pretty creepy even if he's very blatantly a Nosferatu looking guy Um, some other differences they combine a lot of characters um, lots of subplots um, of important characters from the book are kind of combined to save time which is understandable Um, some I'm not even going to dive into it, but there's, there's, um, like there's a secretary that is having a, uh, there's a lot of different ones. Um, there's a weird change. The teacher, for some reason, they change his name to Jason. His name is Matt Burke and they change it to Jason for no reason. That's a good choice. I mean, yeah, I figured you'd appreciate that, but there's really, I don't know why they would have chosen that, but whatever floats their boat, I guess. Um, what else? Uh, the Susan played by, uh, the mom from parenthood. I can't remember her, the actress's yeah. name. Uh, her death is a little different. Um, she kind of, she dies in the basement of the Marston house in the book. Like she gets turned and they come to battle her there. Whereas in the movie she shows up when um, when Ben Mears and Mark are like in Guatemala, which is one of the plot devices they kinda use in the movie. And she's like laying there and she's all pregnant and be like, Oh, I found you and her eyes are awkwardly closed for a really long time because they don't want to reveal her like really bright vampire eyes, which I thought was awkward, but hilarious. Um, And then, well, spoiler alert, she dies there. Um, Yeah. I mean, lots of little differences and definitely lots of content cut out just for time purposes, but pretty solid adaptation. I thought, I mean, they changed it a lot but they kept the general atmosphere of it and yeah fun movie good book creepy as fuck nice
4: they asked me to come up with something good to introduce the next segment and i was just feeling too drained i completely (laughs) dropped the ball and there was so much at stake i'm sorry guys here's insane's picks (laughs) (laughs)
5: he does it again how
0: does he do it oh it's amazing okay so keeping with the vampire theme i picked a very amazing awesome vampire movie for insane's picks for all of you to enjoy it's from 1988 it's from overseas it's got them hopping chinese vampires in it again (laughs) But this isn't Mr. Vampire, or cool ones like that. No, we might have dug to the bottom of the barrel for this one. Robo Vampire. Oh my God! I almost brought this up earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, <laughs> I knew this one would be for you. So I always remember this movie, seeing it on the shelves at my favorite V eight, uh, my favorite rental store, and um, the amazing cover. And I had a rule that the if um there were no pictures of the actual movie on the back of the box then that was an indicator to me not to rent it because it was obviously so bad that they didn't feel like they could put actual pictures of the movie on the back of the box this was one of those movies but the front was like amazing because it had like a chinese vampire in the background um and then like the quote-unquote robo vampire was literally a picture a drawing of robocop holding a giant machine gun Loved that cover, and I think it had fangs, if I remember right, on the on the, the poster, or on the box cover. Anyway, um, this movie is fucking crazy. It's um, it's directed by, let me find it here, um, I forgot his name already. It's either Thomas
4: uh, Tang or Godfrey Ho, right?
0: Godfrey, yeah, it's Godfrey Ho. Godfrey <laughs> Ho, who did such classics as Zombie vs. Ninja... Um, robo Kickboxer, um, but he also did a mo- he also had a couple of movies like I guess the Catman movies you'd call them, but one of them was Catman and Lethal Tra- uh, Lethal Tracks, which is a movie that I I find memory serves me right. It was literally two separate movies that the, that were never finished, slapped together to try to tell one story but it's not that at all it's blatantly obvious it's two different movies and robo vampire feels the same way because basically what happens in robo vampire is there's this like narcotics agent that is killed in line of duty and he's brought back to life as a half man half robot warrior to take down the evil drug lords who use vampires in their evil plans Anyway, but so so when you get to the robot stuff and he's fighting vampires, that is so separate from all the narcotic, you know, the the, uh, the cops fighting the drug lords and these and these little villages and all this gunfire and stuff, and it's it's not even anywhere near each other, um, and like some of the some of that stuff, that's all taking place during the day, while the robo vampire stuff is taking place at night. And so when this narco agent gets killed and they bring him back as this like robot warrior RoboCop ripoff, it is the cheesiest, shittiest looking costume in the world. It's like the silver <laughs> jumpsuit with like different padding, the inside paddings of like, a, uh, like a, a set of shoulder pads that you'd wear in football. But the inside padding taken out, sewn onto the silver jumpsuit with this shitty ass helmet with this, like, plastic visor that they spray-painted. Blatantly, you could tell it was spray-painted. Oh, it is the most horrendous. It doesn't, they don't, they didn't even try. They didn't even try to make this look anything like a robot. Um, there's no metal on this at all. It's just a silver jumpsuit. You know, it's blatantly, obviously, cloth and padding. Um, but it's, they sell it. By making noises every time he moves, and the great acting of the ro- robotic warrior by doing the, the worst robot dance moves in the history. I'm like seeing you mime it right now. Yeah, I know. It works really <laughs> well. It, I can't put it in the words. I, I have to mimic it. But. Uh, <clears throat> This movie's amazing. It's on YouTube in, in, in its entirety. I was kind of pissed because uh, they blocked the nudity on the YouTube.
4: There's nudity um, in it. The DVD I have has no nudity. I apparently got ripped off.
0: <laughs> oh, you did get ripped off, sir. The um, girlfriend of the, I guess, girlfriend um, of the main vampire monster, which basically looks like a man oh. in a gorilla mask. Um, when she's fighting the the priest that, that turned him into the vampire, when they're fighting um, there towards the end of the movie, she opens up her robe and her boobs are just flopping around yep, everywhere. That,
4: that's in there. I, I completely forgot about that. For oh, some yeah. reason, I thought you were talking about the skinny dipping scene earlier in the movie, but yeah.
0: Oh, so yeah. I, I do have
4: the full version then.
0: Okay, you're safe. You're safe. So that kind of sucks. Uh, if you want to watch the movie, you're going to miss the nudity. Although... Um, you could still, I mean, if you blow it up big on your computer screen, you could still see through the white bar they put. So you could still kind of make it out. Um, which I think is funny, though, because she's wearing around the, she's wearing through the whole movie this, like, really white, see-through, lacy thing. And you could see the boobs plain as day through that thing through the whole movie anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't see what it mattered that they had to block it when she fully exposed them. But regardless... Um, so it's a bummer that the you know there's some there's some uh, little tampering there with the with the U- with the YouTube version, but the movie's off the rocker. Like when it um, with all the uh, the gun action that goes on, it is just so separate from the robot versus vampire stuff. Um, so during the the big Robo jumpsuit versus vampire gorilla scene. Um, you know, there's some other vampires that come into it and there's, it's just, it's just, we talked earlier about how the jumping vampires is kind of hilarious and ridiculous, but not any more than in this movie because the robot in the jumpsuit is surrounded by, um surrounded by two vampires and they're kind of jumping around and jumping around and jumping around and he's doing is like these like really quick robot moves. It literally looks like kids playing on a playground. So uh, yeah, it's just, it's just crazy insane. Um, has some of the most amazing dialogue I've seen in a movie in a long time. um, (laughs) Uh, I jotted some of it down, but I lost where I jotted it down at. God damn it. Hold on. Um, where's my favorite line?
5: His favorite line is coming <laughs> up soon. <laughs> I oh, be here. yeah.
0: Don't don't kill us. We love each other. That's, <laughs> that's my favorite line of the whole goddamn movie. Um, nice. <clears throat> and that uh, the lover of the vampire monster creature who literally looks like a man in a gorilla mask um she basically she has like some supernatural powers too that i couldn't quite figure out she was some kind of maybe like sorceress or something um but one of her powers included being able to look completely different wearing a completely different outfit during all of her stunt shots so i thought that was an amazing power to display so you know it's a it's a quick watch. It's a, you know it's on YouTube. It's not you anything. Check it out for its total insanity. Um, Robo Vampire. There's a sequel. What? <laughs> it's it was... it's called Counter
4: Destroyer. It's not nearly as loopy and as much fun as Robo Vampire, but it's there.
0: Is it also directed by? Um, you know God I people?
4: honestly don't remember. I've got it on DVD. I watched it once a long time ago. I'm, it probably is.
0: See, I'm not overly versed in Godfrey Ho, but I knew of like the Cantman films. Um, and when I went to his IMDb page today, doing some research, like holy shit, he's done a lot of movies. Yeah. Well,
4: it's like you said, he he would go out and buy up um, the footage from unfinished movies that ran out of funding or whatever, and then mm-hmm. stitch them together with these pointless subplots. But he and Thomas Tang, and they're there are some camps that believe Godfrey Ho and Thomas Tang are the same person. I, I subscribe to that theory myself because their <laughs> M.O. is so similar. But, yeah, there's, there are also tons of terrible ninja movies where the ninjas are just like white guys with mustaches and headbands that say ninja on them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, so amazing. So, yeah, I think um, that's going to be my next obsession is going through the filmography of of uh, Jeffrey Ho. So awesome i figured you'd enjoy that one brian (laughs) yeah bringing up that classic i love
4: that flick i showed it to my kids and they (coughs) love it too like it's it's one of those loopy movies or if you like bad movies if you like b movies you'll fucking love robo vampire
0: yeah it's definitely other than the nudity it's definitely a movie that plays to the mentality of children that's for sure the robot my fa- oh I, I totally forgot to talk about my favorite scene where the bat where the bad guys blow up robo ninja <laughs> which is my second favorite line in the movie they blow up Ro- robo ninja and i love how if you watch closely enough you when it quick when it cuts to the dummy that they actually blow up it's clearly just a dummy covered in tinfoil yep. <laughs> and then and then they set it on, and then it's set on fire. So like this robo this Robocop character is completely emblazed. Then it cuts to him back at the lab, where they're repairing him. And the guy, and the next line is literally, "Huh, it looks like he short circuited." <laughs> no, he was fucking blown up and set on fire. And
4: my favorite, well, one of it's so hard to pick one favorite part for this movie. But when they're at the lab the EKG monitor they have him hooked up to is just a box with a red minus and a green plus.
0: <laughs> yep. There's yeah. no
4: tone, there's no heart rate, there's no pulse, it's He's just yep. <laughs> no gray area.
0: Uh, and I love how when they're rebuilding him too, they're trying to keep the bad props out of frame, but she kind of lifts up this leg and it's clearly just a mannequin leg spray-painted silver and she's attaching it to a torso that the leg is obviously <laughs> two sizes too small for the torso.
4: And they're just like they're supposed to be like a welding torch or something, and it's just like a sparkler oh, yeah. stuck in the end of a thing. See, they couldn't keep the bad props off screen because there weren't any good ones. <laughs> no,
0: they had to put something in the in the in the frame, I guess. But oh man, and that's something else too about these like Chinese vampires. They they had various powers too, like shooting sparklers from their hands and. That happened a lot in uh, Robo Vampire when. Oh, that movie's so good, so good.
5: <laughs> Credibility uh, gone. The word means nothing. So Terry,
0: anymore. you need to
4: check out Robo oh,
5: Vampire. I think that's a trick. Uh, I <laughs> right think now, you're high right, Jason. Oh, <laughs> don't.
0: Look <laughs> the
4: movie is a wonderful gift to all of humanity.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> slowly learning to not listen to Brian <laughs> slowly <laughs> yeah. or, or not so slowly.
0: <laughs> All right. So that concludes this episode of attack of the killer podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks everybody for being on a couple of the guys had to bow out early, but that's okay. It's late. We got a late start tonight, some technical difficulties, but, uh, we sally forth and brought you another amazing episode. Um, so so, keep on listening. Um, don't forget, uh, you know, you can be a Patreon donator. Um, go over to Patreon, Attack of the Killer Podcast thing, and donate. And you can get extra content if you donate to Patreon. And also, you can always call in at Attack of the Killer Podcast at our phone number. Yep. And always, you can uh, hit us up on Facebook as well. So thanks again, and we will talk to you all soon. Goodbye.
2: Oh, no! Could this be the end of... <laughs> Attack of the Killer Podcast.